Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This week in league, NRL go to extraordinary lengths to provide realistic home game atmosphere, moving the surface of Brookvale to Campbelltown. Melbourne to officially rename as the TikToks after Nathan Cleary makes all those bitches dance. Hype train derailed as Bradman proves he's not the best at following instructions you could give to a fucking three-year-old. Plus, we look ahead to all the action for round seven of the 2020 NRL season. We'll add more this week in league. Welcome to episode 356 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. How you going, my man? It's a good week. <laughs> Been in nature at all. <laughs> Fuck off. It's a very good week. Um, yes, after my nature adventure, but um, Monday have uh, had the benefits of spending Monday evening in a bathroom with a couple of the lads, just absolutely shoving white stuff up our noses okay so uh and uh by that i mean cotton buds <laughs> dipped in hair wax <laughs> because i am at the fucking age where my nose hairs protrude can be seen from outside the fucking nose <laughs> so this this bath it was like it was like with, with hobos <laughs> just, <laughs> just something you were doing around the fucking 44 gallon drum we did laugh at it that it, i was at a mate's house um, <laughs> who is involved in the health and beauty industry. Um, this is what people do these days, is it? But he's... I remember we used to, yeah, we used to yeah, sink beers and fucking well, know, cook meat. Again, it is funny when <laughs> when yeah. a guy calls two other blokes into the bathroom and says, whack some of that up there. Did you perm your fucking pubes and bleach your buttholes together as well? Well, A... <laughs> Who has fucking pubes anymore? You fucking caveman. Well, yeah, I guess. You know, I don't need to. Sh- I don't. I don't need to shave my balls to make my cock look bigger. I can no. see it plenty. It's not the balls you need to worry about. It's a little mound, right above, right above the the, the root of the dick. The dick. Just root. a bit of dick root. <laughs> um, the trend at the moment is uh it's called the muzzle tough where you you do that bit up the top and leave a few little curls hanging down each side (laughs) so it looks fully acidic yes (laughs) plus mel gibson won't rape you yeah at least that's the least surprising ever yes Uh, welcome to your listeners (laughs) (laughs) uh lately rugby league podcasts have been featured on on uh, apple podcasts and we have seen a dramatic like 20% bump, which is pretty fucking hard to do these days because, I mean, we've gone bump after, you know, every year's a bump, but this has been a significant bump, so it's, uh, it's great to see. So, yeah, welcome, welcome, uh, new listeners. And, and fucking stick around if you like rugby league yes. as well as tip-top fucking life advice. Yes. Like, the world's a new place with no fucking nose hairs. 
I'm noticing uh, smells I haven't noticed for years. It's just like you basically, it's like you, you had a path and it became <laughs> overgrown. So now, like in winter, when the snow starts falling, I mean. <laughs> I do find myself with my nostrils being like, you know, the the tip of a teenager's dick where, you know, the slightest breeze sets it off. And I'm just sneezing and sneezing and can't help it. So now people think I've got the fucking Rona. So I get all the shopping aisles to myself and my shopping's done in half the time too. So That's good. I keep winning. Silver linings and everything? Yes. Uh, I don't have any real announcements or anything to start off the show with this week. So we just go straight into the news. Uh, the first story I have down here was the shocking story of the Warriors sacking their coach. Yeah. After their game on the weekend. Now... Look, no one is going to try and say that the Warriors were traveling amazingly well. No. However, the Warriors are in a unique position in the competition this season. Yes. Whereas they are located however many fucking kilometers away from Sydney. Yes. Yet they have to up, up, uproot their entire organization from the support staff, the training staff, and the players. Yep. Away from their families. Yep. Away from their kids. And first, had to live in fucking Tamworth for two weeks. And yeah. Let me tell you. Not great. No. Uh, and then they've got to live in the Central Coast second. I think, live in, I think they're a Terrigal now. Yeah. Also, not great. <laughs> and... Like, I'm I telling feel- you, that there were Jews in 1944 going, those conditions are not so good. <laughs> yeah. Now, these are... That's too Jew. Um, yeah. Why am I Jewish? Because because you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, suffice to say, they are operating under extreme mm-hmm. an extreme set of circumstances and stresses that yes. is, are unique to only them. I mean, Melbourne might have to fucking get pushed an hour flight down the road for, you know... Melbourne have to do that. Canberra have to travel three hours every game. Yeah, to get to a game. I mean, this is, this is living in another country... Your whole life. ...from your yeah. nearest and dearest. And um, and I would I would dare say that old Steve has done a, a great job. As you can see with some of their performances, especially the first one, when, you know, back in the revised yep. competition. Correct. You see that he you know, obviously had the ability to galvanize these guys. I mean, the fact is they've got a massive injury toll as well to the point where, you know, they're looking like they've got a line, you know, they're lining players yeah. and all that sort of thing. So what I'm trying to say, he was under, while they were traveling amazingly well, I mean, he was under a unique set of stresses in a shortened, potentially asterisk fucking season yep. anyway. And he gets and he gets the ass. Um, they have a wish list of preferred candidates. And uh, and they insist that this uh, shortlisting process did not begin until after Kenny was dismissed on Saturday. Uh, expressions of interest had flowed quickly, but the uh, chairman Rob Crute said the appointment process would be rigorous. And uh, Wayne Bennett, obviously, and I mentioned he has vigorously denied that rumor. Mm. Jeff Toovey said he'd be down if it happened. Yep. Uh, but from what I've seen from the players, the ones who've gone on the record, I think Torhu Harris may have been one of them. It sounds like that he, uh, he was a very popular coach and given credit for kind of gluing the side together during this yeah. excursion across the and, ditch. And Torhu Harris, coming from 
Bellamy Land yes. is is not um, a, a shitty judge of character when it comes to... Well, he knows what a good good organisation and system looks like. Yeah. He's lived it. Yep. Now, this is what gets me with all of this fucking coach punting and the merry-go-round and all of this stuff. And and I felt it with, with my own club when Penrith did their fucking Ivan to... To Ivan, hook Ivan's to, not sleepy anymore. He's come out of hibernation. Yeah. That, it just highlights to me again, and I know I bang on about this a fuck of a lot, the fact that there are guaranteed contracts for NRL players, no matter how they perform, and the worst that can be done is to drop them to Reggie's. Yep. But you still have to pay them. Yep. Now, given they still have to pay the coach as well, but that's not the same. It's a soft cap versus a hard cap. Yep. Um. But, but can you tell me a time, um, except for the the Trent Barrett to Desi situation, that's about the only example I can think of where somebody swapped the coach and there's been this amazing resurgence. And like usually when, it, when there's a coach changeover, there's often this little sort of a, a bounce back effect. But most of the time, it's you know it's like a dead cat bounce where yeah, they, exactly. You know, they they do they get sort of reinvigorated briefly with the change of environment. Yep, and that usually results in you know a bit of a bit of a bounce. But it, it's almost the same bounce you get when you inject a couple of rookies into a team and they have that youthful exuberance that comes in yeah. for a couple of weeks. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Like the Desi one was you know massive, sustained, about same yeah. team. And like, yep. clearly, most improved team of the following year. Yeah, right. Yep. That and that's an outlier. Yeah, because I'm just trying to go through now. I'm just like, I'm, the, thinking of the most recent coaching changes. Okay, we've had the Souths and Broncos uh, switcheroo. Yep, we've had Ivan going back to to Penrith. Um, yep. D- uh, you know, Dean Pay is on a similar. Yeah, you know, he was. Now, even know, even with that Desi one, yeah, I'll give you the caveat. That that is not a poor team. That was an underperforming team. That was a poor coach. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but that is a great side with yeah. representative level players yep. throughout. Yeah. You know, when has there been a case with these master coaches, even all of these master coaches? Yeah. Like they had fucking stacked rosters. But it it takes a fucking yeah. team of superstars. Let, let's count back the like you, you, who won the premiership last year. Right, East, yeah. Well, obviously East, yeah. yeah then but they, and so and look at the quality of their team. His his first his first team was you know was Premiership team first year. There you go. So yeah, then years ago. then you go back to that and you go to the Bellamy's. You know, yeah. look look at his team. Look, I'll give. Uh, but uh, you know what? The, the some concessions I will make are that Bellamy put that team together when Cam Smith wasn't Cam Smith, and Billy Slater wasn't Billy Slater. You know and also I mean? not playing to the fucking same salary cap rules as anybody else. Yeah, well... And I know he lost Inglis and, you know, there was yeah. all of that other shit. But those players, like, you know, he pulled them out of, like, Norths in Brisbane. Yeah, 100% he You did. know what I mean? They weren't those players then. He, he created... The, he did. He and, built that team. And same for same for Desi. I mean, when he took over in, like, you know, the early 2000s after the Northern Eagles thing, those fucking cupboards were bare. And, you know, he had to invent the Stewarts and Watmo. And, yep, you know, he all did. The, you know, Steve Matai, all these guys. So... Um, but then, how did Desi do it, Canterbury? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think he, well, I think he did the same sort of thing, didn't he? He just did not with the same success. Like, I mean, he made two grand finals, but I don't think that side that side wasn't assembled for him beforehand. I mean, I think no, it was. He was, yeah, you know, he he was responsible for bringing in like you know like James Graham, over, yep. who was great at when he first, yeah, you know, those sorts of things. So, 
you know, I guess, it, you know. But then look at the dogs now. Yeah. Again, well, this yeah. is what I'm saying. It's, the fire, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm not trying to lay that on Des, but I'm trying no, to lay that on this, like, yeah, but, yeah, mate, this coaching yeah, merry-go-round. If, yeah, if Dean Pay were, were a quality coach, he would take that. And then, and this, and you know, Lewis would be this kid that, you know, we sit here in 2025 yeah. and go, yep. Like, yeah, he's Kevin yeah. Crocker or something. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not saying he would be because I'm probably not, but, no. you know, <clears throat> that sort of thing. Good coaches can, can do it, but good coaches are rarely in a position where they're available to jump on a mid-season coaching merry-go-round. That's probably more more to the Correct. point. Correct. Who's and, sitting in the wings? And with dumpster fires of teams. Yeah. Who's who's sitting in the wings is a absolute, like a gun top five coach that's currently available and, and free to do it. Doesn't exist. He's already got a job, all those guys. Well, I, you know, and again, like tu- Tuvi, as, as much yeah. as he had success... He's an unproven unproven entity, yeah. Because of all the great reasons you said about Desi, yeah. Because that was essentially Desi's he, he, work. He inherited that team completely. Yeah. He he's the Ricky Stewart. Yes. In that situation. Yep. Um, but even was, so, I mean, Ricky Stewart. I mean, he's like he yeah, brought all these palms out and stuff. I mean, he's done. He you know to get the team, from the, the, yep, the faders that's to it. the team that made the grand final. I mean, yep. he did do work. Hundred percent, he did. But I'm oh, sorry, I was talking about his roosters. Oh, when he, days. When he got parachuted in the roosters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Like yeah. That's a fucking disgrace. Well, that went you know. down. <laughs> He's got his rings. Yeah, he does. That he does. Not for fucking two thousand and three though. But look, I, I I know that the Warriors, from their per, their perspective, is that they want the new coach to be involved in recruitment for next season, and they want them to, you know, if they recognise this season as a traumatic and asterisk season anyway, yep. and one that's probably destined to end in failure for yep. them anyway. Then they're like, well, okay. Rather than just write it off as that and burn through it, get yeah. a new coach in now and give him the rest of the year to start working on things, plus the entire yeah. cycle of recruitment. And the other interesting thing, and I've I've seen a couple of things pop up in the the mainstream media about this, and it's not a, a terrible point to take, is that the Warriors have too much of a homegrown hero focus. That's been the that's. Yeah, been the downfall of every New Zealand side since what nineteen ninety five. Correct. Whenever, yeah. You know, but does does the new coach fix that? Do they change it? Do they? Is it worth a new coach? Well, then this gets back to my original point. You got players on three, four year deals that you can't get out of. Yep. Because they're not in a situation where any of the players are hot property anywhere else. Really. Yeah, not really. You know. like even the best of their best, like RTS, yeah. Like he's not Roosters RTS. No, no, he's not. Um, so they'd be paying the freight for a lot of their players if they were to get rid of them. Yep. To rebuild their roster, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be ugly. Yes. So we'll see. I mean, like at the moment they're under caretaker mode with Todd Payton, who I remember was uh, lower grades coaching at the the Tigers. For a, for a yeah. while there, and and there was a time there where you know Robbie Farrell was sacking a coach every other week, and the Todd, <laughs> Todd Payne's like wait, he's you know waiting waiting for his turn, and they kept bringing in another sacrificial lamb for yeah. Robbie, to, Robbie to fucking kill. Yeah, but um, the other thing, did you hear the uh, the rumor that it was Isaac Moses, Moses like, that kept him in the job for yeah. so long that for he was people supposed who don't to be know, gone? Break, break, break down what they were saying there. It was something to do with all the... So, the, the yeah. breakdown was yeah. that they were tr- they wanted to get rid of Kearney last year. Yes. So, after the 
half. Look, remember there was that season where it was them and the dragons yep. all the way through. Yep. That was the infamous. If it's a penalty, please blow the whistle. Yep. And there were thirty-five fucking penalties a game. Yep. Because we don't enforce the rules. Um, and by halfway, it was a two-horse race. It was yeah. dragons, warriors, fucking daylight. Yep. And they were playing this gorgeous brand of football that naturally suited the Warriors because their guys were big and fast and powerful and were always getting quick, play the balls, and they had these ginormous outside backs that were just monstering everybody else. Uh, And they looked fantastic. Then it went back to, oh, well, you know what? If it's a penalty but not really a penalty, just let it go. Um, You know, other reasons. They they lost a bit of focus, but... But after, after that sort of showing of, of potential and then a, another disappointing season, they wanted to get rid of Kearney. But um, what ended up happening was that Isaac Moses, the player agent who was recently uh, de-registered. deregistered by the NRL. Pending appeal, yeah. Yeah, that's it, pending appeal. Also manages half a dozen or so of the club's biggest players. And he basically said that if they sacked Kearney, then he would get his players to leave the club. Correct. So, you know, at, and at that stage, what I find hard to believe, if I'm the Warriors management, then what I do is call all of the fucking players in a room and say, I just want to let everybody know that we're not happy with a couple of things and we're looking to make some changes. Yep. However, Isaac Moses, and I know about half a dozen of you are repped by him, I've said that if we get rid of anybody that he manages... He's going to uh, convince all these other people that he manages to leave the club as well. Yep. So we just want to say that if you care more about what your manager thinks and uh, him getting paid than yep. what we're trying to build here at a club, yep. then fucking suck our dicks from the back. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Fucking enjoy whatever other club it is you land at. Yep. You fucking mercenary cunts. Motherfucker can have he uh, he he can earn six point five percent of the one hundred percent that yeah. we're currently paying you. Yep. Uh, if that deal isn't isn't sufficiently yeah adequate, yeah, then he can take six point five percent out of the fucking yep. zero dollars. Yeah, that you're gonna get when we kick your cunt back across the table. Exactly. Or exactly you know, to where. And it's what I don't get. Like, can you imagine? And especially in today's social media driven landscape. Yeah. Is there any club that doesn't get fucking immediate respect? Like, is there anything else you could do that would get you respect from almost all followers of all other clubs? If someone else did that, yeah. I would be like, well, fucking big dick energy, Warriors. Fucking yep. good on you. Yep. Standing up against the scourge. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, but apparently they didn't. And now that Moses has been deregistered, it gives them the opportunity to- Immediately. Immediately move yeah. Kearney on in fucking shithouse circumstances. Yeah. Look, the timeline does, does add up, but- who knows? Whether that's the case or not, I don't know. Um, the Knights have suffered a huge blow ahead of uh, Saturday's clash with the Cowboys after the true hype machine in Newcastle, Bradman Best, was ruled out of the team for breaching their self, the NRL self-isolating protocols. He uh, now has to isolate outside of the club's bubble as a precautionary measure. He uh, went to his parents' house on Saturday and did not seek permission from the Knights in the NRL oh. to do so. So under the COVID-19 restrictions... Players are allowed to have visitors to their home, but they need to seek permission to visit family or friends. Uh, he did it after he did after he visited them, so they turned in, in turn informed the NRL, and uh, it's a low risk thing. But he's got seven days outside the bowl now. Dumb mistake from a kid. Yeah. Can I ask that? How is this? 
With the Benji one. Yes. He's given the reporter a peck. Yes. The reporter got the Rona test. Yep. Was shown to be negative. And so Benji was then considered not at risk. Yes, because I guess otherwise he was operating within the bubble, which is a safe zone. So is it the fact that he left? So, but what's the bubble though? I guess that it's like home training. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they're saying that every, everything between your training and your house is safe. But yeah, if he says, I, I got in my car, I went to my parents' house and... Yeah, but I don't think they're particularly allowed. They're, you know, they're not allowed to go down the cafe or anything. So what about if you need petrol for your car? You know, you can do all that sort of stuff. Contactless these days, can't you? Yeah. But I'm saying, so if he went to his parents' house, yeah, why is that different? Why can't they just go give the parents the fucking nose fucking? I'm just curious. I'm, I'm not I, saying they should or... I, I would, I, I, you know, if I had to guess, I would say that, you know, perhaps that the uh, the reporter having access to the there player bubbles, some, there was probably already some yep. sort of... Makes sense. That they were probably under some sort of mapped out schedule of stuff they could do as well which made it easy however if you go to your parents place and you know say your brother and your sister and whatever you know whatever's there then you basically quadrupled the amount of people that you need to contact trace and they're people you haven't been keeping tabs on anyway so yeah gotcha. it just turns into this massive cluster so i guess i'll just fucking chill i don't know why it's seven days though either i mean yeah isn't it 14 yeah because i mean if it's if it's seven days what if it manifested itself on day nine and he goes back there. Well, I mean, you know, it gets Newcastle out of the cop, and yeah, that's not the worst thing that could have happened. That's so, true. Uh, eat that bat, Bradman. <laughs> and when you do, make sure you give it your best. <laughs> oh, there you go. See, why didn't we have that as one of the lines? Something about a Bradman and a bat. <laughs> oh, God fucking damn it. <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. Um, David Feeder is looking to be uh, receiving an offer from the Gold Coast Titans. One million a year for five years. Yes. The Broncos can only afford a maximum of 700 grand a year. Yes. So, Mal Meninga, the Titans' head of performance and culture, has held a number of meetings with Fafita over the move, most recently last month. Mm -hmm. He's off contract at the end of the year, but he's been expected to remain there for 2021. Uh Uh-huh. However, Broncos only being able to afford seven hundred grand per season would be one and a half million less than the Titans' offer over the five years, and uh, the Titans are so convinced by Fafita's potential they are open to the possibility of an even longer contract, up to a decade. Jesus, goddamn Titans! Akin to the Jason Tomalolo at the Cowboys deal. So, fucking hell! Stop fucking the market by paying on, for potential. On one hand. I feel like the Broncos are playing the Titans this weekend, so it's just great news copy. Correct. So, but having said that, the Titans could definitely use a David Feeder character yeah. in their pack going 100% forward. 100% they could. And if they want to spend that money, look, he's very, I mean, he does he does have the the, you know, the potential to be that kind of player, but like you said, it's just, it's it's the potential. Yes. I mean, he looks, he looks fucking great, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, the most expensive guy on on your team. Yeah, and well, not to, is not he? To, well, he would be at a million dollars a pop, wouldn't he? Isn't Ash on? Is he on a million or is he like a nine fifty? I thought that was yeah. his thing that he was a mil. Yeah, I mean, those two sucking up two million out of the cap. 
you know, Fafita's obviously much more reliable player yeah. than, than uh, Ash is. But then again, there's that the conundrum for your half. If you're paying your half money, mm. you know, do, is is a better use of more money to get a forward pack that makes his job easier? Yeah, I mean, you pay pay Ash Taylor what he's worth. That's what I think, and and, and spend the extra money on another yeah. forward. But again, we get down to this thing that. Yep. There's no provision for performance after no. you've signed that contract. That's right. That's right. And it's fucked so many clubs. And it would only take it would, it would take such a massive undertaking to change things because the the NRI would have to move to a you know NFL style situation where you know players can get a chunk of change as a sign on bonus. They can get a hot, uh, they can get a, a a rich lucrative deal. But you know, components of that only like a percentage is guaranteed, and the yeah. rest is based on performance incentives that are that's that, it. that sort of vest over the course of a season. Based but on you know that. what that does? That also fucking actually brings in the need for a decent negotiating player manager. Yes, you know, negotiate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, if you've got a player who's an absolute gun and has the confidence that they can deliver, and also, I guess, injury is also a concern. Hmm. But if you can, yeah, if you can get in and say, "Look, I know Cap's tight. Like, you know, my yeah. guy, he's a million dollar guy. Yep, we'll go six hundred. But, but then, if he does X, Y, Z, yeah, then you know, that's he's, it. He's going to the potential to earn like one point three. It's it's when it's when South bring in, you know, James Roberts. Yep, and they say, you know, we're going to support him one hundred percent, but he has had issues in the past. Mm-hmm. So this percentage of it is based on him." Fucking James Harden over there. <laughs> An annoying, hairy, black pussy. <laughs> um, but, sorry, I'm not talking about James Roberts there. I'm talking about your cat that just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that would be perfect, but alas, not, not to be. But fuck, that would just tank the market for forwards. Yeah. We need Jason Tumalolo would have to be the he'd be the benchmark on how you earn your additional KPI funds. He is, but again, you know, look, look at him. Has has he just proven that? Look, as brilliant as he is, and as as hardworking, and you could not ask for a better example of putting in after signing a life changing deal. Yes. How's the rest of the team going? Yep. I hear you. You know. Fuck, Gold Coast. So there you go. The money does go into the halves. Yeah. And then the, the forwards, you just have to get, you know, you have to take the more the, the Bellamy sort of standpoint and just get guys that can do a job yep. and, and, and issue them a, a, a set of, you know, a limited set of yep. simple instructions. I'm going to make you brilliant at these Three, few yep, things. Yep. That's, these all yeah. you got to think about on the field. Yeah. Do that and you're golden. That's it. And, you know, I'll pay you 350 Yeah. <laughs> Like proper three feet, not, yeah. not, not locking this monster three feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, fucking eat dicks, Broncos, because the fact that and and I heard the quote from Lockyer that the club doesn't have a pulling power anymore. Yep, you can't recruit for unders, which is what he was saying they were doing. Yep. What he meant to say was the thoroughbreds aren't paying us as much as they used to, and I say that full well, knowing three thoroughbreds and knowing exactly how their fucking operation worked. <laughs> um, and they're smart enough that they uh, they got out of the business 
while pretty much everyone they have ever dealt with is still gruntled. Yeah. yeah. They saw that after Wayne left, mm-hmm. that the potential for players to become disgruntled was high. And land them in the potential in the shit yeah. situation. So, Whistleblowers. And, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we shall see what happens with that one. Yeah, you hate to see it. Is there any other news articles in particular you want to talk about? Not of any great importance. There's I usual fucking not, clickbait. And- yeah, not, that's the thing. I, do, I mean, you go through and you've got to filter out the clickbait stories. Uh, like, there were no less than, what, four Wayne Bennett's going, you know, to dogs or warriors or whatever stories or bullshit. It's the same thing. When it, whenever, yet. again, let's realise... That whereas previously journalism and especially sports journalism were by people that loved the sport generally or, mm. or sp- sp- you know sport more generally, these days it is a fucking clickbait empire and they need clicks to make revenue. And so what you Great. do is if you write an article that says Wayne Bennett linked with such and such, then you're guaranteed clicks from all of the fans of, you know, in this one, the Warriors. Broncos, Queensland, and the Destination Club that has been mooted to... Correct. In this one as well, also all of the fans of the current club he's at because they Mm -hmm. want to know what's going on with their coach, plus all of the general people that are going to look at it as well. And then the articles are simply speculation. Well, there's a thing. They don't don't need to have anything other than a succulent headline. Yep. To, you know, once they... They don't give a fuck once you hit the page. And then... Ads have loaded and... Yeah. You know? And they say shit like, you know... The, um, the master coach's move across the Tasman is not as far-fetched as it may seem. Yeah. So they actually say- It actually says nothing. That it, literally means exactly. nothing. Yeah. You know, you know, and they're like, well, if this happens or if this happens and if this happens, it could potentially open the door for a move for Bennett. Yeah. Fucking what? Yeah. I mean, you could, you could insert yeah. any, any person as the subject yeah. of that sentence. I would fucking love, and I forget which country it was, but I heard it on an episode of Freakonomics podcast. Okay. And it's this weird, fucked up Eastern European country where witches are still a thing. And people go to them like fortune tellers, yeah. and it's shit like, will I have a baby? With it? And people use that to know if they should stay with their wife or not. Fuck you know, hell. ex-communist places, they're fucking doing it tough. But finally, the government brought a law in where that if somebody made a prediction and it proved incorrect, then you could go back to that person for retribution. <laughs> and I would fucking love for there to be a system in place where you could go to journalists at the end of the year and actually tally up. Yeah. These are all the articles you wrote. Mm-hmm. This many contained actual news. Yeah. This many was clickbait shit. And out of all the predictions you made, these were the ones that actually eventuated... So, what the fuck? You now owe the general public all of your fucking money <laughs> and maybe three of your children. I don't know. Oh, they're fucking dumb kids. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Raised by those cunts, can you imagine? Fuck me. And uh, the less said about Fox uh, and, their, and their bullshit the other night with Luttrell, I just absolutely get fucked. What's oh, that? The Luttrell in the, in the dressing room. Oh, the moment he had with- Yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Just, like, absolutely get fucked, you stupid fucking cunts. Dead set. I didn't even see what that was. Ugh, like, be- because on you, you know, the minute the minute they start previewing something- Yep. An exclusive about why- Yep. Like, well, fucking, this is just absolute shit country. Yep. So, I want no part in it. 
Exactly. Recaps. And we say it every week, but they're going to be quicker this week. <laughs> well, I'm fucking exhausted tonight, so need to uh, need to keep them uh, brief if we possibly can. Um, Thursday night, we kicked off with the uh, Newcastle Knights, 27, defeating the Broncos, 6 at Central Coast Stadium in front of a grand old crowd of 167. The Knights, 27, <laughs> came. It's, you know how it goes. It's it like, is. It's, it's, it's the a, official crowd. It's the four meters squared thing, yep. you know, like, yeah. Uh, the Knights 27 came through tries to Kurt Mann, Heimel Hunt, Mitchell Pierce, and Daniel Saifidi. Uh, Pong a 4 of 4 conversions, a penalty goal, and a field goal to Pierce. I'm going to say it was disrespectful. Uh, the Broncos a try to Xavier Coates and a conversion to Herbie Farnworth. Any thoughts? A couple of thoughts. The Broncos have no fucking end of set general mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, Croft had a, a decent opening couple of games, and he yeah he he had a couple of great ends to sets early on. Yep, but he's he's turned invisible like he's he's gone Milford esque. Yes, he has. Um, and that that Broncos pack mm-hmm. are on paper. I'm trying to think of a better forward pack on paper. You yeah. know, they're obviously better performing ones at the in, moment. In first halves, though, they're even. You know, they. You know, I haven't looked at the stats, but I mean, like, the, I feel like that they they're performing well in first halves as well. I mean, they're getting run down fucking terribly in the second half of games. They are and conceding penalties and six you know, and all that yep, sort of shit. They certainly are. But yeah, you're right. On paper, though, they're right up there. Exactly. Um, and, and I'm saying that with, you know, you, again, you look at the Roosters, best performing team in the comp. Yep. Their forward pack are good. It's like Jake Freeman was about to get fucking shopped. But that's what know, I'm saying. Years if, ago. If, you had, if you had to give them, if you had to describe the Roosters forward pack, it's old. Yeah. You know, they, they don't have current. Well, they got a lot of young guys. I mean, you, I mean, you think, you, you look at like Friend and, and you, you know, you know Friend Jared and Leggers. Yeah. They're, I mean, yeah, they're, they're old as shit. They are. Other than that, though, they're fairly. Ah, uh, yeah, I suppose, you know, Bradley. You got Radley and Crichton. And, Radley you know, and Crichton, yeah. But, I mean, they're young as fuck, and, you know, SST, he hasn't been around that long. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, they've got say, two old cunts, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. I'd say um, they're experienced, but I wouldn't say, I'd, I'd say they probably do 10, yeah. 10 younger than you think. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Jeremy Hargraves, he's old as shit. Yeah, old as shit. Yeah. So is Jake Friends. <laughs> yeah, he's older than a motherfucker, too. So, their average, average is middle-aged. <laughs> <laughs> he dra- they dragged the average up the two yeah, of exactly. They're, like, 40, 46 years old or so. Um. The Broncos aren't playing as a pack. The thing you need from your forwards and the thing you notice in all of these great teams performing at the moment is that when their forwards choose to lift, they lift together mm-hmm. and they get the roll on and it's set after set after set and they aim up in defense. This Broncos pack, again, the potential brilliance in them is outstanding but it doesn't work when one of them decides to get up for a couple of tackles or one of them decides to come in for a big hit and the others aren't doing anything to back it up immediately after. Mm-hmm. You know, you might as well not do it in the first place. Um, to to the Knights' credit, you know, Ponga's absolute fucking shit country. Some people call it gamesmanship. I look at that as, as almost as bad as diving. And... 
I'm a, a little bit disappointed that it was so fucking blatant. You, know, you, you must get to your feet to play the ball. Yeah, yeah. And there are players pinged every fucking week for trying it on. Mm-hmm. And to put some, you know, ease on the referees, it was in a very tense moment. Yep. Everything was heightened. It was after a break. Try scoring opportunity, yep. you know, may have presented itself. They're trying to assess everything. So there's a lot more going on for the referees. Yep. But that's where the bunker should catch that. Yep. That's where the bunker should step in and say, no, nah, he wasn't on his feet. You say milking. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, yeah that's really. it. Um, the Broncos' goal line defense, I feel, is a bright spot for them. Uh, but in attack, they they are just absolutely nowhere. And Bomb the goal- coats. Bomb the coats. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll try some shit on the left. Yep. Milford, I mean, Milford don't want to do shit, so I mean, no, it's not going to happen. That's it. So, bomb the coats. Um, Which, to be fair, is like if you can get the kick in the right spot, it's a good option. But fucking oath. It's a great option. When it's your only option, though. But then when when that goal line defense starts to crumble, yep. the whole ship just falls apart. Yeah. Mm. The, there's no leader. There is no leader in that team. And that's been the comment I've made to them all year. Um, yeah. Siebes has got his fucking work cut out for him. I'll tell you that much. In the interest, in the interest of lighting a candle, not for the Broncos, I'll just burn them down. But uh, Daniel Saifidi this year is far more improved. Isn't he what? Fucking, he's actually like if he were to get selected for Origin this year, and being an incumbent, I can't imagine a reason why he wouldn't. Um, he fucking he actually deserved it this year. He's playing so well, he would actually deserve his call up this year. Yep. As opposed to last year where he did fucking nothing and you know was just yeah. there because he was Clemmer's. Fucking what do you call them? Understudy. Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at club level. Well, you know, how how often has someone been picked in rep footy because of a combination or a relationship? Yeah. yeah it's not unheard of. Um tweets, I guess. Tweets. Uh Cody J said Clemmer was targeted by Lodge and TPJ all night but kept backing up and fucking wasn't he absolutely railed, but straight back yep. into it. Yeah. Fucking love Clem. Uh, Saifedi Twins set a platform for the Knights too. Kurt Mann as well. Once he went off, Knights went into autopilot and didn't throw much at the Broncos. Very true. Uh, LV said, Kurt Mann, fuck me. The bloke gives his all every week. He's been absolutely busted the last few weeks, but he held the gloves up and been one of our best consistently. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. Our friend at King Levius. Said old mate that yelled out bagging Darius deserves all the credit, and he did get all the credit. Little known fact that was actually Anthony Seabold. At Deformo 96 said, Easy two points tonight, solid performance, just a solid team all round. Glad we have some decent defense this season. Keep it up, boys. And Toto TV said, Still trying to work out what the Broncos do at training. It's not attacking plays, and it sure as hell isn't defense. You have summed up the fucking Broncos. Well, they listen to DJs and shit, don't they? Yeah, that's it. Um, and uh, OG Jonard said, The Broncos are pretenders. The Knights were there for the taking tonight, and they showed nothing to suggest this team has won six premierships. I'm ready to do a bargain base swap sale on Milford to Melbourne, even if Bellamy turns his form around. Put your house on the Titans next week. Sorry, can you repeat what he said about... What was the six premierships thing he said? There is nothing to suggest this team has won six premierships. Well, that team ain't won shit and ain't going to win shit. I think he's trying to oh, say... I'm saying it's a proud club no that's got a history of six... Yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. Um, 
And Jason Moran said, fucking getting pathetic now. Have a go, you cunts. Perhaps practice holding the fucking ball for a full set. Yeah. Two distinct differences in fan groups right there. Yeah, I mean, Cruzy did make a, a good point as well. I mean, it was a pretty scrappy game, and, and Newcastle had you know, a long yeah. period there where they couldn't do anything either, you know. Yeah, like, that's it. Poor handling. The Broncos will drag a team down to their level, though. Uh, Friday pub slot game, the Rabbitohs 40 to feed the Warriors 12 at uh, Bank West. The uh, Rabbitohs tries came a double to Alex Johnson. Uh, Campbell Graham, Adam Reynolds, Braden Burns, and Cody Walker with tries. Oh, Damien Cook as well. Uh, six of seven conversions to Adam Reynolds. Uh, the Warriors 12 came through tries to David Fusatua, Ignatius Parsi, um, conversions. Uh, one to Nicarima, a penalty goal to Nicarima. That's it. Yeah, Souths just every week. It's that Wayne Bennett thing. Little yep. bits, little bits, little bits, little bits. And on Latrell watch, he's still not there as a fullback. No. But in attack, though, chiming into attack, fucking lethal. Yes. And and just like so fucking good at tiny little things yep. that are difficult to do. That That's Latrell's thing. Yep. That, that he just does hard things exceptionally well um this game I, I don't really think was ever in doubt no not at all but looking over it the possession was fairly even the completion rate for both teams was very fucking poor like the warriors completed at 69 percent and south completed at 66 percent how much of that was like second half for Souths? Yeah. They would drag them right down, but, yeah. But overall, yep. I, I'm i trying to think of any game I've seen close to a team having about equal possession, yep. completing it close to 65% and putting 40 on someone. Yep. Those th- th- that is such a fucking outlier. And what it, what it does is it, 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 le- it leads to the conclusion that the, the, the Warriors, when they made their mistakes... They were sort of coming out of their own end and gifting possession, you know, field position they, to, to the Rabbitohs. They were, but it, which but it also leads, leads to their missed tackles. The Warriors had yeah. 30 missed tackles. Yeah. And south of that team, where they're running games, their strength. Yep. So a missed tackle leads to a line break or a fucking quick pass, and then all of a sudden... Yep, they're on a roll and scoring the next tackle. Yeah, or, yeah. that's it. Hit the tweets if you've got nothing else. Warriors suck balls, said... Oh, they do too. Yeah, they do. Warriors' attack is boring and predictable as fuck. Serious lack of threats outside of the halves. Good to see Fuss back, but some cunt smacked him in the head, gave him concussion, and got a sympathy pass from the bunker for being emotionally fucked up. Cox and Diamonds. Jesus Christ. John, Facebook group, said, South can easily stop wasting their captain's challenge by asking themselves, is it Burgess? (laughs) 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 And, uh... Winston, in the Facebook group, said, I don't want to bash Mitchell, but I can't tell if he can't read the game or just doesn't give a fuck when it comes to defending the try line. I think it's a bit of both, but I don't want to say it's not giving a fuck. I just want to say that he is legit absolutely gassed and he doesn't have that do-it-anyway gear in him. Yep, yep. Like, there are some players that get to that, I have zero in my fucking tank, but but I have this next fucking gear in my head that I can yeah. go to. Never say die. That's it. And yeah. and I'm not sure Latrell has that. That's it? That's it. 
the Penrith Panthers 21 defeated the Storm 14 at Campbelltown. Uh, the Panthers 21 came through tries to Crichton, To'o and Kikau. Uh, Cleary, three conversions, a penalty goal and a field goal. The Storm's 14 tries to Wanda Sykes, Felice Cafusi, Branko Lee, and two conversions from Cameron Smith and a penalty goal. Well, is anyone fucking doubting that it truly is the hashtag Yeary of Cleary? Because he was fucking mammoth in this game. And the thing that I've wanted to see from Nathan for years has been consistency. You know, he, he's always had it in him and he's always had these these sporadic periods of greatness. Uh, but here he is backing it up. Fantastic game last week. Another fantastic game this week in all of the areas that you want your half to really, really, really shine. Uh, to support him, James Fisher-Harris just continues to be absolutely fucking menacing. He's almost doing, as you alluded to before, there's that Bellamy mold about him where there's four things that he thinks about when he gets onto the field and he does all four of those exceptionally well. Um, just like the para game the week before, this was real end-to-end shit. Each team, for some reason, went through this weird period of just giving seven tackle sets away. So yeah. it, was, it was almost every couple of sets they were attacking and there was some absolutely fucking great defense there. The Storm defense... It still just fucking boggles me how they can absorb pressure on their line. The thing that the Panthers are getting better at these days is being able to delay gratification for themselves. It's being able to say that, okay, we've been down there for three sets. We didn't get a result there. But you know what? That's still a good fucking investment in this 80-minute game. They're not doing that Penrith thing where they get three sets and they don't score, so they go to fucking pieces because the world's ending and they don't know what to do. They're happy to play the long game. Uh Appy was tremendous and, again, just shows what a fucking energetic hooker can do for a team, especially with these new rule changes. However, didn't fucking need it. Not one six again call <laughs> and still beat the fucking Melbourne Storm. Like, really, what else do you need? The only better thing in this game was cuntface Smith going and bitching about a fucking call. And who'd have thought Ashley Klein I tw- I would get... something right at the time when it happened as well. Like, I, out of everybody, if you had have sat me down and yeah. said, look, yeah. the, the person who's going to actually stand up... Like, for Cummins and- to send him? Yep. You know, C- Cummins occasionally likes to throw some big dick energy around. Yep, yep. But for Ashley Klein to throw the fucking smackdown line of... All SmackDown lines. The referee who knows the rules the least to lean on the rules so hard to fucking and say to, to, to shut Cameron Smith down. But it was just such a good line. Yeah, I've ruled it. You Are you going to challenge it? Yeah. Oh. And the fucking coward. If he had a challenge, it he probably would have won. Yeah. Oh. But he fucking break. But he. I don't know. Yeah, he didn't move off. He didn't. He didn't move he, at he, all. He turned. He. He no. But he, you can. You can turn to. You can turn to. You got to turn and chase. He didn't oh. step off his line or change or anything. Oh. All he did was just turn, turn around, and brace for impact. So that's open for interpretation. Well, I mean, you know, Nathan Cleary surely would have scored, yeah. and probably would have been an eight point try. Yeah, none of those things are true. But <laughs> but the thing, Ash, Ashley Klein, fucking of all people, Ashley Klein is the guy that actually just big dicks Cameron Smith yeah. to the point where 
he didn't exercise his right, which he probably would have won on. Is there? But he just got so he was so he was so taken aback by Ashley Klein of all people. Is there a thing though that I don't know about with bald cunts? Because Cameron Smith is starting to get the fucking bald patch on the back. Yeah, like was oh, Cl- his hairline starts at like his ears. Yeah, was Klein fucking throwing down some fucking bald cunt authority like in terms sort of, like- of like fucking new kid? Let's remember your fucking place in the pecking order here. I can communicate in other way, like echo, you know, yeah, like echo location or something, like you know, like <laughs> fucking dolphins, like just Morse code shining <laughs> yeah. the fucking lights off their chrome. <laughs> um, look for the storm though, that fucking pass that Munster threw. Oh. Jesus Christ! But he threw that other one as well for Felice yeah. Kafusi, where it was like the two—I can't remember who was uh, inside of Kafusi—but they were running pretty much shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, and he some and he and they were running yeah. in line with each other, shoulder to shoulder, and he somehow lasers it to Kafusi yeah. and without any interference from the guy on his left. Yeah. Like it's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, like that guy, and and again, just periods where you look at him and you think, fucking, how does the physics work? Yeah, with you weighing what you do, those cunts weighing what they do. And you're running with them dangling off you. Yeah. There's some fucking magic going on there. Um, but again, you know, look, I think can't pass to kick a kick to kick out. And yeah, and the thing with the thing with the storm is as well. I mean, like Sevy out there on that wing, and more importantly, Riley Jacks is not. Well, he he did not gain anything from the fucking Titan system in his one year no, vacation. No, he Coast. did not. And he only went on his one year vacation to the Gold Coast because. He was like fourth or fifth in line in the storm system, yeah. and it's just gone to show that he's he offers absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah, and uh, and yeah. yeah, in such a close game like that, you can't afford to have one of your you know yeah. alleged playmakers not contributing to the fucking and result. I, I do like Jerome holding back a little bit more on that left hand side. Like he his running game again has always been his his strength, his running game and his short kicks. Yeah. Um, much better showing from him. But uh, to the tweets, Paul Mack underscore 78 said, great game of footy. Both Penrith halves played well, as did Munster. But whenever I see kick out, I half expect Pepe Le Pew to be bounding along behind him. Honestly, UFC fans will, will fucking understand this reference. But it's like... They've, I don't think UFC fans will understand much. He's walked into this... He's walked into the barber. Probably like, it's probably like a barber called like fucking G tracks or some shit like that, and he's walked in there and the guy's like, "You kick out from Penny is yeah, he is. what can I do for you, mate?" And he goes, "Give me the Josh Cost check, except make it look sixteen times more fuckhead than his hair was." I know just the thing. Done. Cool. It's one for the fucking uh, old school MMA people. Okay, so basically. You're tweeting to that one guy who moved to Melbourne who talks about the fucking Irish cunt all the time. Way to fucking micromanage a comment. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, we'll get more than that, believe me. Yeah, okay. No, it's called the fucking Centurion because it looks like the top of a Roman soldier's helm which represents honour and discipline. If, and valor in battle. If he was doing it like more of like a mohawk sort of situation, then yes. That's but what as it is. It, no, his hair is it's exactly as wide on top as his head. There's no fucking tapering or anything. It's just, and not only that, he got it fucking permed too. And so he's got this fucking blonde perm. It's like this. No. He's like got one of those fucking carpet, those carpet. Those- That's a fucking genetic characteristic there, Aaron Mullen. 
<laughs> he's got one of these fucking one of those things you, you when you got polished wood floors, those big sort of fucking oh. So like, now because dusty, because he's black, he's, he's got to clean the floors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone needs to fucking pick him up, lift oh. him, turn him upside down, oh. and fucking put him across the polished fucking, wood floors. Jesus Christ! With a little bit of fucking oil and wax or whatever the fuck he is. I don't know polished wood floors. I don't know. But <laughs> that was the last house. <laughs> um, at the kidney stone comer, which sounds fucking terrible, uh, on Twitter Painful. said, <laughs> says, I've birthed more likable kidney bullets than Cam Smith. Ooh. It's just, I've seen that. Could you, how persistent does, this, does, does your kidney stone condition have to be that you can create a, a Twitter handle of that na- of that condition and have it be relevant for more than like the week or whatever you spend in hospital. To well, get they're through. they're a dragons fan, so you know, <laughs> watching dragons games. Oh, can't you? Can't you? I mean, just change. I've never had a kidney stone. I don't know, but can't you just change your diet or something and like drink more water or some shit? <laughs> like, and it just the, the problem ceases to be a problem. I don't know. I mean, you tell you tell me, kidney stone karma. I mean, yeah. how many? I mean, when he's talking about blowing the back out of someone, I mean, he fucking means it. <laughs> Unless he's talking about, you know, maybe he uh, prefers a little bit of anal. Yeah. And what he's saying is, I'm going to come on your kidney stones because uh, I will fuck you that hard. Potentially. Maybe. Anyway, it doesn't like Camp Smith. I don't know if that works biologically speaking, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> well, you know, it's the opening. <laughs> You're like, you know, if you want to get anywhere in Southport, you just got to get off at Smith, Smith Street. Street. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. I don't know. Uh, uh, at Life is a Thigh Day said, suck it from the Akbay Smithlay, NRL Panthers Storm. So even fucking Broncos fans are now coming over and becoming Panthers fans. It's fucking great. Uh, Super Grover said, at least we'll read out a Storm game comment next week. Well, fucking of course we would. Make one. Yeah. You know what? Give us better fucking content. Lunatic. Uh, ben in the Facebook group said, cop that, you filthy, cheating, ref-paying southern fucks. Uh, Lee said, is there a better player in the NRL right now than Cameron Munster? Fuck, he's good. I don't know if that would be def- Definitive, but he would definitely be in the conversation. But like anything, it's fucking hard. How do you measure, you know, say him versus Teddy, as in who's the better individual player? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, John said, credit to Melbourne, considering they were up against such class opposition. Hashtag Yiri of Cleary, fucking oath. Bethany said, Panthers should have won by a lot more than they did. Storm's attack is so shit that even Chapo is more likely to score. Deep cuts. Old man Cam should have retired after last year. All he does now is ruin any halfback we try to run there. Whether it's Croft last year or Hughes and Jacks this year, only cunts in this team who are any good are Munster and the Cheese. That is correct. Our mate at Fat Hairy Lazy said, didn't get a six again, but didn't fucking need it. Booted the purple sluts. Cleary so clutch, Michael Jordan wants his autographed. Hashtag Yuri of Cleary. Fucking oath. <laughs> Fucking oath. Uh, Lee in the Facebook group said, Penny Panthers, too good for the boys tonight. TikTok's kicking game on point. Fair to say the Fox replacement won't see another purple jersey for a while. Pretty sure the Warriors won't be looking forward to next week. Yeah. 
as it goes. Yes. Uh, where are we? Okay, the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons 20 defeat the Titans 8 at Suncorp in front of a crowd of 1,930. The um, Dragons tries came to Zach Lomax. Uh, Ravaloa, Pereira, <coughs> Lomax Excuse three me. conversions and a penalty goal. The Titans, let me scroll up, a try to Tanner Boyd and conversion to Ash Taylor and a penalty goal to Ash Taylor. It's a shame that the uh, the Titans didn't put up more. In this is this one, one of the games that teams like the Titans need to circle as not grand finals, but golden opportunities to snatch two points. Yeah. Whereas they, you know, not necessarily the case in other games. And, yeah, that uh, is correct. And considering they the glimpses of good form, I mean, they had that win two weeks ago. Then yep. they had a, a pretty strong second half after the horses kind of bolted against Souths last yep. week, and. There had been signs of improvement. You just expect more. And they certainly did not provide it. No, not at all. Dragons, though, they must love Mary. Yeah. They're actually digging in on this. You know, he had the the four-week thing. Yep. And this is week three. This was this this three or four? This was the three or two? Two. Two. Well, they've just come straight out. Yeah. Bang, bang. That's it. Oh, no, week one, the first one was the dogs, and they lost that one. And then they've gone, and then they've beat the Sharks, and then they've beat uh, the Titans. That's here. right. So, no, yeah. you're right. This so, right. so look, you know, at the moment he's he's uh, he's two and one, and he's he's up for an extension, potentially. Yeah, fucking Flanagan's got the Tonya Harding pipe out. Yeah, the extension for exactly one fucking year until Flanagan comes off his ban. Yeah, that's it. Fuck. Yeah, any comments you want to make on this game? This was this game was incredibly unengaging. Oh, look, I I just think for the Dragons, that consistency is key. Like, the amount of fucking changes they went through. Yep. And if if you look at all of the great sides over the last little while, they're the ones that are exceptionally well-drilled. And you can only be so well-drilled when parts of your play become unfamiliar. You know, uh, we, we went over it last week. If you are a Roosters player, mm-hmm. and if you are at certain positions in their back line, how familiar with the side of Teddy's jersey do you get? Because you know where he fits in on each play and what that means you have to do to that. Yeah. If you're in a situation in the Dragons where one week you got fucking Norman in the halves and then the next week he's at fullback and the next week he's there, mm-hmm. it it's just more that you have to do to to really be on top of what's happening in that moment. Yep. Uh, and, and it fucking shocked me how a professional sports coach could keep doing that over and over and over and over. Um, but fuck the Dragons. Mars bar shelving cock. On to... Here's some tweets. Yeah, relatively few on that. Dragons fans have gone quiet. Um, They're in shock. A fan account. At Rip Giannis said, A win on the same day as the AFL season under threat of ending because of corona. The only way I can reach peak paprika is if Norman is released to the dogs or the sharks or fuck anywhere but us. He's really got it in for Norman, doesn't he? given his Twitter name has changed to Move Norman to Job Seeker. <laughs> uh, Devon Head said, Soft draw over now. I feel 11th will be the highest we'll reach, which is just under the ninth place Tigers. That'll be enough to see Madge sacked and Mary given a lifetime contract. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Daniel in our Facebook group said, Some points. One, thank fuck that shit show of a game is over. Two, Ben Hunt is definitely only a nine. Three, Dufty is coming into his own at fullback. Four, 
Has there ever been someone that has been re-signed only to get dropped the following re- week? Ravalawa. Five, we are going to get flogged the next three weeks. <laughs> and finally, Kearney must not have known how to take photos like Mary does. Ha ha, go the dragons. Hey, interesting, isn't it? And Lando in the Facebook group said, we are above the Broncos on the ladder right now. I'd be okay if they stopped the season, especially before we get sacrificed to the Roosters next week. <laughs> Fuck, all talk, this talk of being sacrificed and this, and it's not even like the Roosters coming off a loss. They're talking right. as if the Roosters got fucking analed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they just, they, they, they just know how the way that the pecking order is laid out. Yeah, true. And there is definitely a... Uh, Haves and have-nots. Correct. Uh, the Tigers, 36, defeat the Cowboys, 20 at Campbelltown. Uh, Tigers, 36, came through tries to Musgrove, Mbai, Leilua, BJ, uh, Brooks, Aloy, and Jennings. Mbai, five or six conversions, a penalty goal. The Cowboys, 20, tries to uh, double to Cole Felt. Uh, Drinkwater and Masters with tries. Uh, Felt with a conversion. And Clifford with a penalty goal. Yep. And it was the... Uh, the stereotypical game of two halves. Yes. The uh, the Tigers were fucking racing the clock for the first 40. And uh, it's probably the best 40 minutes they've put together. You know, remove the Cowboys' involvement from the game at that point. Like, yeah. Because there were some very soft fucking tries. But, having said that... You can only play what's in front of you. Exactly. And the Tigers were... that They were... They had come together as a team in attack better than they probably have in the last at any point in the last two seasons and boy didn't they find a way to fucking <laughs> take all that goodwill they generated with their coach at halftime and completely squander it to the point where it actually felt the Cowboys it felt like they could actually bring it home at, at a point there about 15 minutes till the end now New listeners to the show because there are so many new listeners to the show I just want to give you a little bit of uh, context Around this, I myself am a loyal and long-serving Penrith fan. And so when it comes to discussing games that the West Tigers play, I can't help but but notice my personal biases in terms of, uh, you know, Penrith doesn't have a fucking snake cunt of a CEO (laughs) who uh, took a job with another club and then spent his current employer's money to take an all-expenses-paid family fucking holiday to Disneyland at the end of the year, um, who who didn't fucking trumpet about how Nathan was definitely going to the Tigers and how he was going to be the saviour of the club, and who don't do fucking things like take veteran veteran servants of our game that have bled for years such as Benji Marshall and fuck them off in what should be the twilight of their career. Yep. That and the fact that they employed that absolute cunt stain Robbie Farrow that fucked New South Wales out of so many origin victories I can't go into that. It's fair to say that the Tigers and I have a somewhat rocky history. Um, In saying that, credit where credit's due, they were very good in the first half. But if I'm Madge... Looking at that second half performance, you know, there's always got to be that bit of doubt in your mind where you say that okay, they they just put the cue in the rack because they were so far in front, yeah, and which is probably the case, and put it too far in the rack, yeah. 
But the fact that it was let to get to that stage, you want your team out on the field to when when the, the cows come back, you know, with that first try and then the second one, oh, okay, fuck, the cue's in the rack, stop, stop. But they didn't. And this game was a couple of possessions away and a couple of Cowboys' feet on the try line. Yeah. From being... The, yeah, on the sideline. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. from the, from the, the uh, dead ball line. Yeah. From being the biggest fucking bottle job yep. that I could consider. You know? And despite how perfect that first half was. Yeah. Like, it was, it was pretty much flawless. And certainly, you know, I guess it, it sort of, you know, vindicated Madge and his uh, recent selections somewhat. Mm, certainly um, did. But, you know, they still made that comeback in the second half. And if the if it's to believe that the reason why Benji was dropped because of the, you know, statistics correlating line breaks leading to, you know, you know missed tackles leading to line breaks and things like that, then, you know, the Cowboys still found a way. Yeah, they certainly did. Um, and especially for the Tigers in, in this league where, where so much of it is, you know, there's a large percentage of your victory in a game before you go into the game. Like at the moment, the Roosters are walking around, Parramatta are walking around, South to an extent are walking around with an advantage almost on the scoreboard before they walk out onto the field. Melbourne have lost that this year. Melbourne used to have that, and you can see what it's doing to them. Right? The Tigers had an opportunity when they came out and just fucking blitzed them to put the rest of the league on notice and go, fuck, maybe they're going to play to their potential of their players and their coach. Yep. But that all went to waste in the second half. It was fairly disappointing. Hit tweets. Super Grover said, if I was madged, I would be pissed that there was no disrespectful field goal before half time. Hmm. OG at Sports Fans Life. Real dad. Who has made a resurgence on Twitter. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, says, we're Westies. We don't own much, but we'll always own the North Queensland Cowboys. Oh, that's very sweet. Um, new tweeter, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen you before. I'm sorry. Vanessa Pano said, great first half from the Tigers. Lucky for us that the Cowboys kept stepping on the sideline in some of their comeback attempts in the second half, or it would have been worse. You are officially the most measured and fucking reality-bound Tigers fan that I've ever met, <laughs> and that includes Biggest Tiger, who lives so far in Tigers fantasy land, it's not funny. Uh, at C64 Midrezi says, Green must have given them bollocking at halftime as they were regenerated in the second half. Lots of positives to take from the fact that they didn't drop their heads and fought very hard in the second half. They certainly did, and people like Kyle Felt, I think, showed why he's worth the fucking money he's on, whatever they're paying him. Give him more. Uh, Winston in Facebook group said, it's like the Tigers ran out of fucks at the end of the first half. And Rusty said, having lost most of our bench in the first half, I'm not surprised to see the Cowboys creep it back a little, but fuck me, some game management from the halves would have been nice. Yeah, did, yeah and it is fair to that. They did lose two or three players yeah. through the course of the game. Yeah, but, you know, so did another team this round. Yeah, and they didn't have any. They didn't have to make any excuses, I guess. Correct. Um, 
The Roosters 24 defeated the Eels 10 at Bank West, crowd of 579. The Roosters 24 came through tries to Brett Morris, Boyd Cordner, and Daniel Tupo. Um, Kyle Flanagan, two conversions and four penalty goals. The Eels 10 tries to Jennings and Sivo, and Moses, a conversion. What a fucking cracking game this, this was. This was a cracking game, but I've got a hot take to deliver Please. fresh out of the oven. Please dump your hot steaming take all over the table. Despite that period there, you know, which was which ended when Teddy got trampled and that try happened over in the, the left corner yep. for the for a ten eight lead, I believe it was, to the Eels. Yep. The Eels were never fucking in this game, like realistically a realistic chance of winning this game. The Roosters fucking had them covered easily in the first half. There was a brief period there for like five or so minutes where the the Eels struck back kind of quickly. And despite losing one of their, if not best player, at in that play, mm. the Roosters just went, "Oh, okay, that's how, that's how it is. It's a game, is it? Okay, bang, bang, bang." Yep. And they, and the Eels never looked. They never got close. They never looked to sniff. The like the Roosters just kept. They just clamped down, and then they just started pulling away, pulling yep. away to the point where it was, yeah, you know, it was, yeah, they were well out of reach. Yeah, I, I think the only other alternative outcome for this game in which Parramatta would have won. Well, oh, you know, I don't know, maybe a bus accident. But if the Roosters had realistically had it far too easily the last couple of weeks, they, they went in and had two very big victories. Mm-hmm. If that have come out and pretty much been, I guess, out of competitive sorts, and by that I mean if that have gotten into a bit of a struggle and, and been, oh, fuck, we've been used to scoring every three sets and that that's how we now have our mindset and this has just thrown us all out. Uh, or if Parramatta could really get into that that style of football they seem to play, where it's almost like Moses personified. It's almost like if if a if a football team could be a person, then they are Mitchell Moses and just fucking annoy and annoy and annoy and annoy and annoy and and then break through. And they tried that, and it was effective to to some extent. Uh, but the Roosters just showed that not only are they an exceptionally well drilled team. But the scope of those drills and the scope of things that they are confident and comfortable in uh, is very fucking wide-spaced. And so they went exactly as you said, righto, this is going to be a little bit of an arm wrestle for a while. Let's get into the fucking grind and we'll just make sure that we are the ones dictating the tempo at all fucking stages. Add that to the fact that the Morris boys are fucking sucking stem cell smoothies at halftime. Jesus fucking Christ. National treasures. Yeah. Are they if if we had to throw out a beer boy style power rankings, are they the greatest ever Australian twins? Fucking who else are Australian twins? Well, look, up until a little while ago, well, I know who my pick would have been. Well they, well they are the great yeah, they are the before great. one of them decided that, you know, career before bros. <laughs> they um yeah, oh yeah, clearly. So yeah, greatest, greatest twins in in the country. Um, you know, still for Parramatta, plenty of positive signs. You're right. They, yeah, they I were mean, never this, really in it. But this, is, this was a very quiet game for Mitchell Moses. Yeah, in, par- in comparison to what he's been uh, allowed to do or what he's managed to do in games over the past couple of weeks while, yep. when they've been winning. Yeah, and maybe that's just maybe that's the story. Roosters just shut him down, or the. You know the game that the Roosters played, kind of put him in his shell a bit. Hmm. 
Hammers said, and from this day forward, James Tedesco was known as Deddy. You say a lot about him, but that was just a fucking example of uh, of the difference between elite level players and others. So, you know, how much has been said about defenders and and especially fullbacks as defenders? Tedesco did the only fucking thing any human being could possibly do against a rampaging Sivo. Yeah. And unfortunately paid the fucking price, but did it anyway. Knew what the outcome was going to be. Well, the thing, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. Yeah, that's it's it. Just, yeah, just the way, it's just the way it is. Stuart said, imagine how good the Morris boys could have been if they had played for decent teams in their prime. Oh, that's a dig at so many fucking clubs, and I love it. Efficiencies. Uh, Fat Harry Lazy said, Eels are frauds. Penrith and Manly didn't lose to the Roosters. Well done in filleting both hosts in one tweet, sir. Uh, John said, gave it everything, absolutely fucking everything. Didn't get the rub, it, rub of the green at all from the whistleblower, but was in it up to our eyeballs for 60 minutes or so. The proudest loss as an Eels fan I've had in years. Lesser Eels teams have folded like deck chairs under what the Roosters served up, but the boys stood strong and tall tonight, standing and applauding the sheer effort. We're in it to win it now, baby. And that is why you haven't won goddamn thing in three decades. Stop plus. celebrating fucking losses. Oh my god, the acceptance of mediocrity is absolute fucking poison. Jesus Christ. And the kryptonite to a good football side. Yes. Super Grover said, every club has just watched the benchmarks for 2020. If every other player in the comp doesn't want to play with that level of intensity, then get out of the game. That is a fair comment. Sharky Dave said, fans of 15 clubs are trying to convince themselves they could beat the Roosters in a grand final. They can't. Not even losing Teddy slows them down. To borrow a Queensland term, NRL is dead. (laughs) Just on that, I'm very glad that Sharky Dave is open to changing his mind when new information comes to light. So often these days, people I find are married to their ideas in that they say something, and even if it's fucking stupid, the they just stick by it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, hashtag you, Cleary. No, that's a thing. That That is an amazing thing, and it will happen. It is happening. We're living it. Exactly. That's exactly what you were saying. It's like climate change. It's exactly. real. No, exactly. It's you, real. Exactly. You made your point. Climate made, change is real. You literally, you literally made your own. You made your own point. Um, but whereas uh, I was having a nice conversation with a uh, good old refs falter um, at Ben Dunn, and uh, Sharky Dave tried to come in and say that uh, if the Roosters lost Tedesco, then they go their premiership credentials. Hmm. So, um, oh look, you know, over the fullness of a season, maybe you know, maybe it might bring them you know back a, a, a touch. But certainly in the context of this game. Didn't seem to bother him too no, much. No, I'm just saying well done for bowing to the uh, ideas of your intellectual betters, you fucking sewer-grubbing Sharks fan. Uh, the final word on that one goes to Riggs, who... Uh, no, Riggs isn't getting too old for this shit. I was going to say, where's, where's Murtor? <laughs> now, that was a game of footy. Massive defence from both teams, but the Chooks really stood up when Para up the tempo at the start of the second half. That was finals footy. Indeed, it did have that vibe about it, sir. That's it. That's it. The Mighty Manly Sea Eagles 14 defeated the Raiders 6 at Campbelltown. 
The uh, Manly Seagulls 14 came from Tommy Turbo tries and Tavita Funa. Garrick, two conversions and a penalty goal. And in fact, you know, one of the conversions was out, out, out wide left too, which he's just about missed every fucking one this year. So that's very pleasing. Uh, Whitehead with the try for the Raiders and uh, Croker, a single conversion. In the interest of time, I'll let you have this one. This is literally one of the greatest fucking wins that I've, that I've ever seen from the club. Not ever, but like in recent history, they've, they, it hasn't been a, a, a new thing. Like, you know, over just this short time that Desi's had them over the last 18 months or so, they've they've displayed, you know, the, the determination to guts out wins, you know, multiple times per season uh, against against odds. And um, and this, well, fucking no greater odds. I mean, like, you know, what was it? Three minutes in, they were down to 16 players. Yep. And, you know, losing it with one of the halves. You know, fucking four minutes in, they're down to they're down to down to fifteen players. Lost the center and stick a fucking back rower in the centers. And I mean, Jetski has done it periodically for small patches of games before. But I mean, you're playing against fucking Canberra, who are you know nickel clock stad this and fucking George Williams that and you know fucking Rapana and all these fucking guys. It's supposed to be this attacking blitzkrieg of a fucking team. Yep. And you're sticking a you're sticking a second rower, a bench second rower, out in the fucking centres, and you just expect to get absolutely. And when on the other side of the field, when you've got a replacement player on the other on the other centre, and it's just you're just waiting for fucking waiting for the hell to fucking rain down. But Jetski, fucking to his credit, the lad did a fucking great job. And I mean, he was being targeted by that ugly fucking pig-faced ranger with Corey Horsberg in, incessantly. Fucking, have you seen? I loved him. Um, in King of Staten Island. <laughs> he was fucking great in that. <sighs> but I, I, yeah, I, I, said on, I said on Facebook um, in the game thread, I said, I, I just, he's, he's such, such an ugly fucking ranger. Yeah. That it makes me wish that, that Hudson Young had come and visit me and take my fucking eyes so I don't need to see, yeah. see that cunt again. Um, <clears throat> so, and then to, to, be, to, have, to be down to one interchange pretty much at half time and yeah, two for almost the entirety of the game. Um, massive shout out to Lachlan Croker. He's done it before and he's going to do it. He's going to have to do it again, but he came on slotted into the halves and it was a revenge game for him, obviously, you know, starting his career in Canberra uh, and fuck, he lifted. He's just fucking, it's just amazing. And just the team in general already down to power Suli and that, to, it was already a, a danger sort of game coming in under strength to then to lose like another fucking quarter of the you know of the strength and to prevail was just fucking it was just fucking amazing like the uh it's not and like people are like oh yeah so brave so brave bravery no so brave is when a team goes through all this shit and just loses yes it's not fucking it's godly when you fucking actually go through it and win and not only win win well and um the Raiders had a couple of opportunities. How Croker fucked that fucking one up where he took yeah, that bomb like out from the line, that. and like the the original like the live view of that try, you know, that attempted try, was from behind the play. So you see the ball go over, and you see him jump up, and you see his back, and you just see him over the line. You're like, well, fucking obviously that's a try, but you know to actually <laughs> the, the bomb that yeah. was, and and the other the other big play was when Ciro who's only just back from injury himself, him, him drifting out, I mean, playing out in the centers in the second half, and 
going up against one of the great finishers of the fucking the last couple of years in Jordan Rapiner. Yep. And he's going for the corner, doing the thing he normally does, and to actually have the presence of mind to fucking get his legs, put him on the ground, and then shift him across the line yep. before he could put it down was just fucking incredible. And I mean, like every player, every player on the field that had that that kind of effort level that you know required to to get them home against a team that was far like far higher class attacking players you know by the end of the game and just the when this game with the six tackle the six again thing when it's all predicated on you know fatigue coming back into the game and teams getting blown out as they fatigue to not do that despite having fucking three lace interchanges in the other side which is fucking ridiculous proud really there you go so it was the greatest win of the season by any team in the game thus far Possibly last two seasons. It wasn't. It was the culmination of destiny. It's like me saying that if I hold a rock in my hand and then open my hand, that that rock hitting the ground was the greatest drop of anything. It was always just going to fucking hit the ground. The Manly were always going to beat Cam. Now, I asked asked you this privately, but I'll ask you now on air. Do you feel um, some relief now? Because all year, every time you go into a game... You're freaking out that will this be the game where fucking effort face Tommy Tardvojevic biscuits himself and it's finally happened. So, you know, is that relief for you? You don't have to worry about that? You're you're basing a false premise to start with. I'm never fucking stressed about any game or worried about anything happening. Not about the result of the game. You said shitting yourself that this would happen. Not worried at all. And you know why I'm not worried? Why is that? Because you've what you just fucking saw. It doesn't fucking matter who we put up. The Desi system, okay, is indomitable. Okay, so I'll defense ask. Defense is impregnable. The ta- attack is unstoppable. The Desi system, in fact, has rested Dylan Walker and Tommy Travoyevich for important games down the track when they actually count. Because last year he made the mistake of fucking uh, losing them before the finals. I'll ask the nation to uh, keep Nate informed of Manly's record as the season goes on without. Fucking biscuit ankles. Go for uh, it. We won. And- we won more. We won most of the games last year without him too, mm. as we will this year. Okay. Okay. That's cool. He's had biscuit ankles. He didn't fucking injure his ankle. You dumb cunt. <laughs> if you're gonna troll, at least fucking come correct. Well, biscuit hamstrings just doesn't have the same fucking ring to it. No, the ring substance. of the, the ring of substance. A- the ring of accuracy. Well, the ring of accuracy. Okay, we'll, st- we'll start calling him fucking liability then. Oh, yeah, because we win every fucking game that he takes the field in and we win like fucking 70% of the ones he doesn't. Okay. Yeah, massive liability okay. that. Okay. Massive fucking I'm, liability. I'm sure this year we'll just be fucking roses for the entire Manly Seagulls club and it will not have anything to do with the karma it deserves for just being full of shit cunts and wife beaters. Fuck, wife beaters. Well, sorry, wife and baby beaters. I, I know you, I understand you fucking like babies. Dylan Walker. He doesn't fucking beat a baby. He's fucking pulled his wife to the ground while she was holding the baby. Oh, you, you saw the court. They fucking said nothing happened. He didn't do damn goddamn thing. Yes. Yes, fuck- yes. Yes. <laughs> the glove did not fit. <laughs> did not fit. <laughs> and so, therefore, he was a quit. <laughs> As are the mighty Manly Seagulls continue their rampage through the NRL, soon to be anchored by fucking Brendan Big Dick Elliot. At 
Ah, Benso said, very surprised how Manly withstood losing all those players. Very strong club culture of not letting each other down. You're goddamn right, Benso. Raiders players were determined to raise Ricky's blood pressure as high as possible. So many coach-killing plays. Mr. Sharkmeister said, surely Scott has to go. Storm let him go for a reason. Raiders have Bailey Simonson waiting for a game. Fuck the cat's back. Look, Simonson's, oh, like, Simonson is oh. a great player. But I don't think that the Storm, like, let Scott go. I mean, like, he was a, a financial situation. You know, there was more offer. He was off contract. There was yeah. more offer. Because if, if you look at the centers, that I mean, if you've got to fucking run Brenko Lee out in the centers. Who is an, another fucking example of just the the Bellamy solidness coming through. Yeah, but the but, solidness, but in a, ga- in a game where you do need to score points yeah, to win games. Um, Chucky on Twitter said... Biscuit Tardovich. That is all. Correct? That is all. He is a fucking biscuit ankle. Players relishing injuries to to, people relishing injuries to players fucking disgust me. And uh, they're not and I'm glad you I'm glad you're not a member. How how is anyone no one's enjoying it? You're loving it. No. Fucking if I had the fucking phone out, I could have had a video of your fucking stupid smile. It's the inevitability. (laughs) Look, you can say it, you can say it anyway. You could say you like the fucking you like you like the smell of roasting meat when you're really trying to say that you're you fucking you, you wish you were fucking manning the fucking kilns in Auschwitz. This is the, you can fucking paint it any way you like, but the fact is Can I just suggest <laughs> we are very heavily Jewish in this <laughs> We really need to tone this shit down. I do not want to have to fucking remove my foreskin on YouTube in solidarity. <laughs> and may I just say, was well, already God, I'm with you, my brethren. <laughs> Jason said, you cunts are like Nostradamus. Well, no. See, this is what I'm getting to. It's like, it's like those fucking weather reporters saying that there's a 50% chance of rain. The next day, no matter who you are or no matter what happens, you go, well, yep, fucking there you go. The weather guy was right. You say that Tartovich is going to biscuit himself, eventually you're going to be right. Uh, Lachlan said, Biscuits apparently lose their structural integrity when exposed to milk. Poor Turbo can't pass backwards or play a full season. Mm. Tim says, full credit Manly. Was going to be a big hard slog of a game, but the moment that they lost two players, Canberra got cocky and just thought about playing the long game. Manly stood up and pulled our pants down. Also, Curtis Scott needs to be dropped or benched. Simmonson to wing, Kotrick to sender next week. There you go. They really don't like Curtis Scott. You remember, again, when he was in the storm system as well, there were just too many fucking brain explosions. There were too many. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like, it wasn't like he was... He wasn't the only guy missing tackles out there or anything. No, he wasn't. I mean, they scored a couple of tries on that. The, the, all the he wasn't, but it's, that side, but it's like mean? when... It's like B, BJ, he just accentuates the fucking half-poor decisions everywhere else and makes everyone else's job harder. That's all. Yeah. And look, at camera fans, if you're, looking, if you're looking for a real reason why this happened... This result, it wasn't like Canberra went looking ahead and like you know thinking they were just going to win and all that sort of thing. They you know they did their best, but the ultimately they lost the game because you deserve it. The Cronulla Southern Sharks twenty defeat the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's the next game. Yep, 
20 to the Bulldogs, 18 at Bankwest. Um, the Sharks, 20. A hat-trick to Sione Katoa. Well done, son. Bryson Goodwin with a try. Uh, two or four conversions to SJ. The Dogs, 18. Tries to uh, Hopper Jr., Kieran Foran, and Christian Crichton. Avarillo, three of three conversions. Sharks. Almost got embarrassing for the Sharkies. Sharks. Again, I, I know your situation isn't ideal. I know what aspect of the situation, oh, Chad. Yeah. Um, but you have the the player that should be one of the you know probably top five most excited with these new rule changes and how it opens up the field in Johnson. You have a creative partner for him in Moylan who, if you remember, back to when he was actually at a club that knew how to use him to his potential, you know, as a fucking match-winning force, it was all broken field play, which is what he should be doing for you, who has arguably one of the top three New South Wales origin players of the last five series in Wade Graham. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, yeah, that's fair. How are you struggling to put wins together against fucking cellar dwellers like the dogs? Really? How are you losing to the dragons? I don't understand what it is. Is is it the Fafita thing of everyone's got their own individual chip on their shoulder and they're not actually playing for each other? Is that the thing? Is there disharmony within the club? Do they do they need a Flano style coach that just doesn't cop any shit and is there to fucking crack heads? And do it. If, okay, if you go into the Sharks, how do, how do you turn that situation around? If you're the coach... Get rid of the fucking passengers. Okay. So Chad Townsend, Aaron Woods, Andrew Fafita. Yep. Fafita has been good yes. in his life. So I think maybe you could just crack down on him and put some parameters in place and get him down to a fucking fighting weight to start with. Yeah. Because holy shit, he's blown up. Yeah. Flick fucking Woods can play for... Well, fucking there's no one playing in the lower grades because of the, the Rona. So yeah. you just flick him to, I don't know, what, you, know you can play piss ponies in his own house. I don't care what he does. And for, at Townsend, flick. Yeah. I mean, injuries are going to prevent certain you know certain scenarios from happening. Yeah. But I'd be flicking those useless three pricks or putting them on notice immediately. Yes. But again, we come back to the thing. Sean Johnson, statistically this season, has got he's got the, like the most fucking assists and... And all this, I mean, he's yeah, actually I, having a, you know, statistically speaking. I feel like it, I feel as if that is almost a loaded Dally M style stat in, in how, for the same way that Luke Brooks is all of a sudden a fucking player of something of the year at the end of the season. Yeah. You know? Um, what I was just saying is Sean Johnson is not, is, he's not the problem at all. Put it, you know, put him with someone. I know, but in the overall thing, ha- so if Sean Johnson's having a career best season, mm-hmm. where is that impact on the team and its wins on the park? Though that's what I'm trying to say. Well, I'm I not mean, saying Johnson's if, underperforming. You know, there's th- there's 13 players on the field at any given yeah, time. Yeah, true. And when you've got absolute non-factors like Chad Townsend yeah. fucking contributing nothing yeah. on the other side, it comes down to that situation where it's very easy for the defense yep. to 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 read. It's yep. all coming from Sean Johnson. Yeah, correct. Chad ain't gonna do a goddamn thing. Yeah. So, but this. It, the other thing Honestly, is... Honestly, you just watch left and watch Wade Graham and, oh, fuck, has he got Dugan new? Okay, I don't know what's going to happen there. But even that, like how many times have we seen play go out to Graham and you're yeah. like, oh, this is pretty obvious what's going to happen here. Oh, oh shit, they're not... Stop- oh, 
oh, they can't. Oh, no, no, no one could have stopped that. Yeah. Yeah. It, he's that style of player. Yep. Uh, and, and especially when the passengers that you're speaking about there, if some, if you, the only one of those that potentially comes back to hurt you is for feeder. Yeah, which is why, like, you know, rather but than flicking him out, right, you try and, you know... He only comes back to hurt you versus you. Yeah. Whereas the ones you hate are the ones who go and perform against everyone because yeah. they make you look fucking stupid. Yeah. The ones that only come back, if he goes to another club, he'll have maximum two good games a year when he plays Cronulla. Yeah. They can safely... Even Woods, like, fucking, what was it, like, the week before last, was it? Yeah. He had a fucking great yep, game. that's played it. a blinder. Correct. Probably the best game he's ever played in the Sharks. <sighs> Excuse me. Where the fuck is that week on week? Hmm. Correct. And oh, He's just such a pillow, yeah. that dude. He 100% is. 100% is. Hmm. But doggies, I mean, look, Dean Pay is one of these guys that looks like he's in the firing line, could be the next to go. I, I believe he's going to, they're not going to execute him immediately. And he's probably working with the least in terms of rostered talent in the competition this year. You know, Titans could probably argue that as well, but you know, he's, he's, they're definitely down there in that respect. Yeah. But you've got to give it to him in terms of just the, just the general fight and things like that. That's, you know, you see that kind of attitude in the Broncos and they're not losing games 59 nil and they're probably winning some. Yes. You put that attitude like you know, in the time yeah, that if you just put that general determination into into a side with more talent, you're gonna get great results. So you know, I don't I don't think that Dean Pay's necessarily got the recruitment chops because you know, he has had this team for a couple of years now and the selection chops, but you know, there's something like and whether it's just off the back of, you know, Kieran Foran and Will Hopawati, like proven performers that actually uh, you know, seem to lift every game. I mean, if they can drag the rest of them up, I don't know. It, yeah, I, I, I do. I do really wonder about where the dogs are going from here, because um, I think a lot of their their players are at their cap in terms of what they can produce. Uh, good move again, getting DWZ out of fullback. He is unfortunately one of those players that will play his best football trying to get into a position that he's not going to play his best football in. And you can see that. Like that hit he put on Moylan, that was fucking fantastic. But shit like that, you know, you, you need a bunch more players doing stuff like that on the regs. Um, at our friend GT351 underscore Johns. Loss we had to have so our PM wouldn't shit his dax at Maccas again. He obviously had a word to NRL to give the drug-fucked grubs a hand. It worked. That's the only thing that got the Shire grubs up in this. A two-point win against this dog's side is like a loss. And that's from a dog's fan. <laughs> yeah. Fan-fucking-tastic. Jason said that loss probably hurt more than the one last week against the Roosters. The boys put in all night and gave it a red-hot go, but alas, it was not enough. Wakem was solid, and our forwards laid a decent platform, but that edge defense of ours, that needs an overhaul. And the last word of that goes to at Special K Online. <laughs> All caps. Can someone please send me the mayor of New Zealand's Twitter so I can escalate this international incident? Hashtag deport John's cuck. <laughs> <sighs> yet, he yet no mention of Chad. No, Chad's white. 
Well, yeah, no shit, but I mean, like, the whole thrust of his tweet would have changed. He wouldn't be talking about New Zealand if it were Chad. I mean, he's talking about, you know, Sean Johnson. But, uh, yeah. Hmm. Nice on Sharkies. Yes. Okay, previews for this week. Kicking off Thursday night, Panthers versus the Rabbitohs in the uh, the loaded fucking I don't know what you call it. It's like the, the it's like the Russian roulette game slot. It has the potential to make your whole weekend great, or the potential to fuck like a legitimate half a week because games are still being played while you're stewing. <laughs> I <Sunday>. am <laughs> I am the master of my own destiny, and. I don't give a fuck what happens after this game. I'll be invested while the game's on. But uh, the most important football of the week for me will be the uh, under six Hornets. The Hornets. The under six Hornets who had their first training run post-Rona So they're tonight. Allowed, they're, they're allowed to play on the weekend? No. So what are they doing? Just training again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be like a like you know a little like seven seven aside battle against each other on Saturday or something. Um, now I I wasn't around when this so called man called Jesus walked the earth, showing uh, you know immense kindness and empathy and compassion to his fellow human beings. But fuck me, I came close to what that must have looked like tonight when I saw a grown man trying to coach ten under sixes. Oh. That have not been able to have any sport for three months. <laughs> so it's like even the ones that, that don't have ADD have got ADD at this point. <laughs> it, it was like they were on meth. <laughs> so um, I now see how that religion can last 2,000 years. Can't, you know, Not so much on the child rape. I don't think I'll ever get that. But uh, well done to the fucking Hornets. Thank you to the coach. Uh, and that will be the most important game of the week this, this weekend. But Panthers, Souths. Draw doesn't get any fucking easier for the pennies, you know. They've uh, they've had some some solid opponents back to back to back now, and coming up against this rabbits team with Cody Walker in it, with a strong fucking running offense, which really is the weakness to, to what the Panthers have showed as lapses in defense recently. Like if you look at the the ten minutes that killed us against the Eels. Yep. It was when they decided to fucking stop trying to go around us and run through us, especially on the fringes. Yep. Uh, so there's some real danger signs there. In saying that, I think the fact that we have two sides of the field covered uh, in in that we've got genuine threats both sides, uh, I don't think we'll get this over south, and I'm going to go down to the fact that... The, just Latrell being able to to inject himself like he's been doing, uh, maybe a little bit too much for this young defence. So I'm going to tip Souths. Tipping against your own team? Come on, man. Well, you know, people don't You've got this. People don't listen to this show to hear me fucking jack off about uh, the Panthers. Um, you know, <laughs> unreal, unrealistic outcomes. <laughs> Hashtag Eerie of Cleary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, 
Look, I think I think that the Panthers are in uh, in better documented form at the moment than the Rabbitohs. So if they lose, it would be. Look, uh, if we get one six again, team six again call this week, we'll beat them fucking fifty nil. Right there, you go. Storm take on the Warriors. Pub slot, Jubilee. What do we got here for the Storm? Um, Addo Carr and Jerome Hughes return, so they both big ins. And pretty much immediately... Well, Adokar was on dad duties. They so. immediately replay, They immediately uh, rectified the two biggest weak points of the of the side last week. Yes. Riley Drax is, uh, drops the reserves. Sevi drops out, which will no doubt delight uh, Storm fans. Uh, Christian Welch in the front row. Brandon Smith benched. And once again, for the third week in a row, we'll expect them to do the old switcheroo. The Warriors. Okay, so Carl Lawton comes in to replace Wade Egan. Uh, Eliasa Katoa is injured. Jack Murchie comes in for him. Jared Beale drops the reserves because Malmalo's back. And uh, Chanel Harris Tavita and uh, Isaiah Papali are elevated to the interchange. Look, I mean, it's it's academic to speak about this. The Warriors, you know, we, we talked about the bounce from, from sides that have a sacked coach. I just, I just don't feel like there is the bounce. I mean, everything coming out of the New Zealand camp this week is how distraught they've been and how much, you know, uh, Steve was like the, the, the guy, the glue that held the team together and all this shit. So I don't I don't expect to see a bounce in the Storm. I mean, you know, they've got a reason to bounce. Yes. So I think the Storm will uh, have no, little to no problems there. The Roosters take on the Dragons at Bankwest. Um, the Roosters side, Verils comes onto the bench. Uh, Tupanua drops the reserves. Uh, Dragons. Okay, so Jason Saab comes in uh, after Jordan Pereira's suspension. Blake Laurie starts at prop. Josh Kerr on the bench. Jackson Ford replaces James Graham, who is officially off to England. Yes. And uh, Lafayette in reserves. So uh, nice for the Dragons to give a bit of game time to Jason Saab. You know, perhaps rekindle the love for him and stop him wanting to get a release. Tell you what, you. I would hope that once James Graham... Gets uh, gets his Super League out of the way, or you know, does whatever he wants to do. I would welcome the fuck out of him in my club as a forwards coach. Yeah, as like a builder of culture. Yeah, yeah. And as being able to get in there and your head coach having you know the final fucking heart to heart and all of this stuff, but for him really being able to fucking call out, you know, do you fucking have the mineral son? Yeah, yeah. Um. What an asset he'd be to a coaching roster, and because you can say that stuff with the English accent too. Yeah, and you can walk up to you know you get like you know eye to eye with someone like fucking uh, Paul Vaughan. You go, do you know what nemesis means? Well, <laughs> <laughs> and and realistically, to get up to fucking any forward in the game and yeah. to call them out, like yeah. you are fucking soft as baby shit, cunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, look, <laughs> dragon. I'm sorry, dragon. Roosters by. How many? How many? Place your bets. Over 30? Yeah. I reckon it's unsustainable to keep, you know, pounding everybody. I think they might even keep it under 30. Really? The margin, that is. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think so. The Dragons have been showing signs of life. Okay. And it's easy enough to beat up on the minnows like the Sharks and the Titans of the world. I should probably also put out there... Um that I've got a multi that includes the Storm and the Roosters. So expect one of them to fucking lose. So that's just just to win? Yes. Okay. Yes. I feel like you're fairly safe just going for the win, you know? Well, 
Is there any line they have to beat or it's just literally weird? I've never placed a bet where I've gone, I don't think this would happen. <laughs> but I have not won all of my bets. <laughs> no, but they just have to they just have to win. Yep. They don't have to cover a line or anything. Just have to win. All right. Uh, the Cowboys take on the Knights at uh, the Queensland Country Bank Toilet Bedpan, whatever we're fucking calling it, I've forgotten. Um, okay, so Ruben Cotter comes in for Corey Jensen with the Cowboys. No other changes. Uh, the Knights, uh, Tuwal is in for Bradman Best in the centres. Mm. Look, I think the Knights are... Well, I mean, the Cowboys do have one of the only home field advantages in the competition at this stage of the season. Yes, they do. Uh, that being said... I don't know if you saw a lot of this. I saw a lot of it online uh, in the lead up to when um, Hamiso was being picked for the Cowboys. The fucking excitement reverberating through the fan bank, like, finally. Yes. Like, finally, this guy. He's not very good. <laughs> Over the last two weeks, we watched him. When you talk about hype machines and all that sort yeah. of stuff, he's like the hypest hype machine in the Cowboys at the moment. Yeah. And he's not particularly fast. And I just don't know what they see in him. So, you it, know, for their sake, I hope he shows something, but... Yeah. I'm not seeing it. Knights, they're, they're rumbling along pretty well at the moment. The omission of Bradman Best is not going to cost them too dearly, I don't think, especially when you're playing a team like the Cowboys. Yep. You know, Tumbalolo will get 300 metres, but it'll, it'll all come to naught. Yeah. As the uh, Knights, I think, will win fairly comfortably. Yes, they will. Broncos versus the Titans. Suncorp Stadium, Saturday afternoon. So, Tessie New starts at fullback, in, and that's replacing Jermaine Asako, who's been sent to the bench. Uh, fucking Often hell. Gowie, uh, like, um, have, I, have you heard a Broncos fan that's happy with that? No. Like, can this new kid kick goals? This, the, the, this is the, the thing about this is that Tessie New is a player who is potentially going to be courted by many other sides because he's a great young player coming through. Yeah. So Broncos will give him a give him a starting slot and try and convince him to love them and stay with them. Similarly, Tom Dearden, apparently, is a chance of getting bumped up into the bench as well as a warning shot fired across the bow of the SS Milford. Yeah. To say, fucking do something. Yeah. Or you are at the risk of being replaced yeah. by this kid. Yep. So, in and of itself, and also to give, to give Dearden some game time so he doesn't get poached because apparently Melbourne Storm are fairly interested in him. <sighs> okay. The value of the education emanating from the esteemed institution of Harvard has never been more fucking devalued <laughs> than in 2020 at the hands of Anthony fucking Seabold. Correct. Man, this is usually like the big I, brother beating up on the little brother and the Titans kind of, you know, they rise up for this game. If no other games in the year, they rise up for this one. Yep. Now, it's a competition to be the playing for second and, and the worst Queensland team. It's a playoff. It is. There's an opportunity here for the Titans because the Broncos have so much of that new stuff. Like, we, we've seen it recently, you know. Um when the coach is just making massive changes like that payoff straight away. Mm-hmm. But for the Titans, if they play the way that they did against the Tigers, then they can win this game. But that's the question. Do they have that in them again? 
against a team that's supposedly on the ropes as well. So, yeah. um, Look, fucking flip a coin. The, I mean, the Broncos forwards, I think they're going to get the job done for them. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, that'll probably be enough to give them the edge. Yep. The thing about the Titans, it gives me the shits. I mean, they put Mitch Rain in at nine and they uh, they send Aaron Clark back to the, you know, non-playing reserves. And it's like Aaron Clark you know, debuted when they beat the Tigers. Yeah. Last week, you know, they, they copped it. But... Like, they weren't absolutely smashed or anything. No. And I just I just feel like they they, they just kind of pick... They, they don't pick and stick. And they they, they just shuffle shit. Holbrook just shuffles shit around too much. I mean, there's some injury stuff. Like, young time player. So, Dale Copley goes in there, and that's a good change. But just, you know, fucking stick with the lineup for a couple of weeks and see what happens. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm hoping for the best for the Titans in this game, but I'm expecting the worst. The Eels take on the Raiders at Bankwest. Another big clash this one. Uh, Brad Takarani, Takarangi replaces uh, Penny Terrapo on the interchange. Uh, Nathan Brown's been suspended. I think he copped a two-weeker, I think, all up. So he'll yep. be out again. Yep. Um, the Raiders, unchanged squad from last week. So Raiders fans, get hype. Curtis Scott, number four, coming at you. Yes. Rough one after a game that the... The Raiders probably thought they should have won. And let's be honest, you know, without um, without Moses and without and and without fucking uh, Tapao in that side, I mean, they felt they should have won it regardless before anything else happened. Yeah, that's it. Tough for them to go straight into a match against against a team that's just on song. Yeah, at the moment, uh, I don't see the Eels losing enough uh you know even though last week was a, a a big game for them i don't think it was one of those ones that you know exhausted them and will fuck them this week so uh, i can't go and against honest, Parramatta. The, the way canberra are playing at the moment i just can't imagine them throwing offense at, at, at the eels that amounts to anything like what they encountered last week yeah that's it like, i think they'll have a much easier job and i and you know Consequently, I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to apply as much of pre- you know, pressure to Mitchell Moses and, you know, sort of render him, to, you know, to send him into his shell and make yep. him a non-factor. I just don't think they have the ability to do the things to stop Parramatta being, you know, the best version of themselves. Yes. Uh, the Mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Sharks at Central Coast Stadium. Uh, Manly. Big Dick Elliott in fullback, as he did probably nearly all of last last season. Uh, Lachlan Croker uh, goes into the six, and we get the return of George Tafua and Marty Tapao as well, with Cade Cuss, one of my boys, on the bench. Mm. Sharks, Fafita starts, and uh, Hamlin Ueli is benched. Yes. That's it. Otherwise, they're going to roll with the same side. They're going to roll with Chad Townsend. Um, I guess the other question is, well, with Brad Parker being named, I mean, surely, and, and Matt Moore, I guess, you know, there's probably, it doesn't say there's HIA things, unless they've passed them already and they were that easy, and I don't know, but I mean, like, both of them were fucking knocked out, and Matt Moore, especially, that was a, like, that was a fucking car crash. Yeah. Like, just the actual whiplash of his head. Yeah, because it was just one. It was one of those real opportune ones. Like you get a couple, you know, you get different types of hits. Like you see someone like you know, that. That was the worst hit. Sorry, that was the worst whiplash I've seen mm. since Dean Fare ended Benji Marshall's fucking half brother in the game that Penrith yeah. played against the Dogs last year, yeah. and it was exactly the same positioning. 
where he'd just taken the ball and he was drifting towards and looking the other way. Yep. And just absolutely fucking bent him in half. Yep. Terrible. And it was one of, and it was one of those ones where, you know, like rather than like you see like with like like Matai like they'll have a prop running straight at him and hit him so hard and snap him back the other way. Yeah. This was the one where sort of he sort of uh, he, he sort of came in he sort of came in from the side yeah. and just sort of just kind of like fucking blindsided him yep. you know that sort of thing which is with no ability to with no realisation it's coming yes there's no like in that steady and that just like the snap of his head was fucking mm-hmm. crazy but um, look there's no mention in the notes that I have here that, that he dropped to replace anything so mm. all good only manly comfortable we fucking like uh, like Glenn was saying about uh about the Tigers own the Cowboys. We we own the Sharks. We own that fucking stadium as well. And uh, I can't... Tell you what, Sharks. No like, really, if you can't beat a fucking injury-depleted manly side away from their home, then really, fucking forget all relevancy you ever had to this league for that one year. Exactly. To start start the counter, what are we like forty six or something? Yeah, yeah. You know, That's to it. Start start the timer again. Yep. None, none of you who are listening to this now will survive to see another premiership. Correct. <laughs> the doggies take on the tigers at Bank West. The dogs. What do they got here? Crichton suspended. Kerrod Holland comes into the back line. Um, Hasn't he fucking fallen from grace? Yeah, I mean, because he's not very good. Yeah, like, I know. There, but was there? What I mean, falling from grace. I mean, was he ever? on grace to fall from yeah that's true ask a dog's fan what they think that's true uh cogger on the bench uh nick meany and tolman are on in the 22 so whether that eventuates uh lock and still out of the, out of the 17 uh tigers okay what do we got here uh, jennings injured uh at, the, at campbelltown last week uh talau comes in to replace him um oliver clark and eisenhuth replace musgrove and twile who were also injured at Cameltown on the weekend, and Elijah Taylor joins the interchange. Yes. So, you know, you have to go to the Tigers. I you mean, have to. The Tigers The Tigers are a theoretically, and from what we've seen so far, you know, practically better side. Yes. Doggies, are, this, these these are the sorts the, of games that traditionally the, the first Tigers half, can lose. The first half that the Tigers put in against the Cowboys, mm-hmm. half of that beats the Dogs. Yep. Even if the Dogs mount the same sort of comeback... Yeah, I mean, scoring points is always going to be the dogs' problem, and I yes. mean, it's a, so when when you're playing the dogs, it's almost it's almost like a race to sixteen or a race to twenty. Yep. If you can get there, you know, like the the, the sharks led eighteen in against them last week, and that was you know, yeah, correct. Outstanding attack from the bulldogs, you know. Mm. Uh, look, tigers, the tigers must win, surely. Yes. I tipped the panthers to win by ten points, apparently too. Have you? There you go. Better go well change done. that after your advice. Once again, despite best laid plans, here we are. One hour and 54 minutes. Jesus Christ. fucking episode. This week, first comment comes from Sean Dog, who uh, who contacted us through the extremely unauthorized, well, unorthodox method of um, the comments page on the website. Oh. Morning, gents. Long-time listener. First-time caller. I better come up with something profound. Sucked in, Broncos. You suck. <laughs> Suckiest suck, suck, suckers that ever sucked. Nice one, Knights. 
Finally, my son is eight year old, eight years old, and can finally watch his dad's team with some hope. Oof. Yeah, what else do we have here? Toto said, uh, "Now that the poor Storm have to base their camp in New South Wales, are they everyone's favourite third team?" Um, no, they are fucking not. Not even a little bit. No. Uh, Trent said, uh, <clears throat> "The New Zealand Warriors debacle take on uh, on uh, Steve's sacking. Should the players walk? Is it tied to Isaac Moses? Surely they have someone lined up to do this. Is Uncle Wayne packing the car with Darius and Jimmy the Jet? Mm. Uh, asked and answered, sir. And no, no, and no on the Uncle Wayne stuff. Uh, <clears throat> Trent also had one. He said the player swap has worked well this year for the Tigers. Anyway, is coach swapping the way forward? For example." I see positives to both sides if Paul Green and John Morris were to go to the Sharks and Cowboys respectively. Certainly might be more financially responsible way of doing things. Not sure who would take Mary though. Look, I think we've got an existing player coach swap. Sorry, in the in the mix, mm-hmm. and it's only just started working for one of the sides. Here's this shit thing with players. You can do a player swap, right? And Harry Grant has gone to the Tigers, and that's a great success. Yes. Right? If you did a coach swap, you've only got realistically got one head coach. So even though the Tigers are fucking doing terribly at the moment and did things like lose to the Titans, they're the only team to lose to the Titans in a year. Yes. But the Harry Grant experiment is still a success. Can you imagine, though, if that was a coach? Would that be considered a success? That's why coach swaps don't work, because there's only one of them and everything lands on their shoulders. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I just don't think it could, could never work. No. Um, certainly not as like an, an organised thing. I mean, if it happens to turn out that way, like the situation where with you know Bennett and Seabold, where it was just so poisonous, they both signed for one year down the track at the clubs that the other was at. Obviously... You can do a fuck of a lot of things in one year to to shore up your position at your next club yes. or or salt the earth at the existing club. And I'd like to think better of people and, and you know, they, they wouldn't be salting the earth at that club, but they might be trying to extricate players that they love at that club and land them at twelve months later down at the new club. Yes. So that you know, that's that's a, a different sort of scenario. I can't imagine there'd be any like straight swaps though, just because they decided, oh, let's try something different. Uh, Joel said, uh, shout out to the guy who yelled out, you suck Darius. However, he must be pretty used to hearing it, albeit in the form of a directive from Wayne. That is correct. John said, uh, what are the stepdad's expectations for the Panthers this year? I would say top four and or prelim final appearance, else it should be considered a disappointing season. Uh, yeah, look, you know, the, the premiership's obviously the, the goal. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we've got the cattle to do it. I'm not sure that the experience is there across the team to do it. For the Panthers, performance has never been the thing. Over the last couple of years, it's been consistency. And this is what's pleasing me the most, be it win, be it lose. But there's consistency in the performances and there's consistency in them doing the things that they need to do to win big games well. So top four definitely this year. Expectations, always premiership. To, to, uh, to settle for less is fucking loser talk. Crispy. So, if it wasn't for that touchy, Manly would be sitting by themselves on top of the ladder now. Correct. Unfortunate, but it's the way it is. Oh, my God. The uh, fucking ref's faulting. Well, it's basically a factual thing, but what's the fucking point in 
dwelling on it. Like, it just, it is what it is, and that was weeks ago. Fucking move on, fella. Uh, where are we? Um, Ross said, uh, I'm so confused on the obstruction ruling now. It appears to me they make the call on whether they want to award the try or not. I reckon I saw five identical over the weekend, two awarded, three not. On the two awarded, they said he received the ball on the outside of the block and nothing else to look at and move on, such as interference on the defender. The other three, nothing about where the ball was received and ruled the shifting defender was denied an opportunity to defend no try. None of these were in a Knights game, but then in the Storm Knights game, this was because he gave it the week before, uh, game, Fanukin running a decoy, contacts Clemmer, and he gets a penalty to ice the game. Mm. Look, obviously the, 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 the first factor is how it's set up by the referee on the field. And then, yeah, then there is the, you know, the receiving of the ball on the outside of the, on the outside shoulder. And that is a black and white rule. If it does, if, if that, if it doesn't pass that test, yep, then it's instantly a no try and it doesn't matter what happened or, you know, anywhere else. Correct. Uh, then presumably that is cleared. Then I can go and go to look at, at other yeah, aspects of the play. But I think that there would need to be pretty, I mean, if the, if everything in terms of where the ball was taken checks out yep. and is cleared, it would take some serious fuckery to dis- get it disallowed from that point on. Correct. Just with the black and white way that the rule is set up these days. Yep. Um, I'll have to look at it a bit more closely. I mean, I haven't had a massive problem with anything over the last couple of weeks. Again, oh, you know, except the fucking diving cunts, but... Well, I did. I saw a, a guy that, you know, obstructed by a runner who didn't get out of the line. You know, get out of the line. At the end of the day, you know the rule. Yeah. There's, there's really only two things to worry about. Get yourself out of the... Don't stop in the fucking line. Yeah. And take the ball on the outside. Yeah. Do and it, that. And, and it good. does seem to me... I think if you go back and look at it, the, there is a lot of stuff about, oh, it's adjudicated differently and whatever. But if if you look at it, a lot of the ones where you may think that it's adjudicated differently, it is just the fact that they keep running through and then the defensive player tracks the player running through... Yeah. And moves towards them. You know, that that seems to be the... Yeah, uh, so like if you're, if you're a decoy, just just basically just blast through and just stay out of the fucking yes. way. Like that's, you know, really. And, you know, it happens, like disallowed, you know, and, and penalties and things happen because of them not doing that all the time. Yep. And I get the idea, you know, I get it, you know, you sort of, you, your job's over and you're so slow to a jog or, you know, or, or just start yeah. getting ready. You don't want to be sprinting 10 metres down the field when you've got to take your position for the next play. Correct. You know, if it doesn't score a try. But, you know, I get, I get it, but it's just, you know, it's just one of these things you've just got to do to cross the T's. Yep. Andrew said, uh, what about Ashley Klein totally dissing Cam Smith by asking him three times if he was going to challenge a call? Fucking magnificent. We love it. Um, where are we? Stuart, PVL mentioned the next team to be added will be in Brisbane. So it's Rugby League Heartland instead of chasing other AFL hotspots. And he goes on to make a point saying that the next team, the next new team should be the Melbourne Storm and shift them out of Melbourne, dump them in Southeast Queensland because they haven't. And this is something we spoke about in the members podcast a couple of weeks ago too, about whether or not they provided any value or enough value in Melbourne because... We, rather than marking AFL and like just putting a team where an AFL team is, mm-hmm. Melbourne Storm hasn't seen an influx of Victorian talent into rugby league. Yes. So they haven't really delivered on that respect and therefore they're taking more from the game than they are giving. Yes. So putting them in there. Yeah. Look, I think the Storm, you probably have to stay there. 
I think it's not realistically not realistic to move the storm. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be now. It's all starting to heat up again now. Now Volandis is talking about you know it's if if they if they expand it's going it's going to be a southeast Queensland or you know second Brisbane team. Western corridor started piping up again. Everyone's getting frisky. Yeah, look, uh, I get the logic on the storm. I think there are other options to fix that issue, though. If your issue there, it seems to me that in that one, the issue isn't who do we need to be the second Brisbane team. The issue is, is the storm an effective use of resources? And and unfortunately, they have a very fucking good um, uh, example in front of them with what the AFL does when they move into other markets. Mm-hmm. You know, the AFL come in, like I was at footy training tonight. Yep. Right? And... Um, my young fella plays with a good mate of his. I've been a mate of his dad for years. Yep. And they turned up, and he turned up to a rugby league training session with an Kick backpack. <laughs> right? And that Kick backpack was given to him, and it was a flimsy fucking you know, thing. This yep. thing is not something that you would pack up and take on holidays with you because it's rugged and you could trek and hike and do all of this fucking great shit with it. Yep. So it's cost them fuck all. Yeah. But it was a free thing given to the kid, and now he's taking his footy stuff to it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. How does that? And yes, I do understand in that example that the kid's not playing AFL; he's still playing rugby league. But there's the exposure. This is the imprinting so, on, on a young mind at an early stage. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Uh, Nathan said, "What's your take on James Graham going back to the Super League? Is there even a Super League? I haven't been following, but I know the UK is a mess with Corona." It's true. Look, I, you know, James James Graham is a is the the classic example of when the body is you know giving out, correct? But the, you know the, the the spirit and the and the and the mind is still super willing. Yeah, you know he's going to serve out a what will no doubt be an extremely shortened season in the UK Super League. Yep, and uh, then move on to the next phase of his life. And you know, in times like this, when you are isolated, I mean, he's. He's down here, you know, presumably with his immediate family, you know, like you know, wife, kids. Yes. He'd have, you know, you know, presumably parents, you know, or her parents, you know, grandparents, all that sort of stuff over there. And when, when shit is real, I mean, you know, I can understand the, the desire to want to get back to that. You know. To England? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's English. I mean, it's, you know. You would think that he's been down here long enough. Now, what he's been down here like a fucking eight years, like he's been down here long enough to understand that Australia shits on the UK in every way. Yeah, but he still wants to go back there, and that's how you know that the heart's willing, the spirit's willing, the body's broken, and the mind is gone. Yes, correct. Um, Daniel says, "Is this the worst year for coaches in the NRL's history?" Half the comps coaches are apparently under pressure. Murray, <sighs> Dean Pay. We've lost one, so we'll count him as that's three. We've also done Paul Green a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's got to be it though, right? Well, Holbrook's, Holbrook's is his first year. He's honeymoon. He's got no pressure. Again. Seabold is not going to fucking be under pressure. Not at all. I'm just going through. I'm just working my way down the coast here. Yeah, Green's under pressure, but like Green won a premiership, yep, and just never kept it together after that, you yep. know. And I, I think 
he was buoyed by the fact that all of a sudden that team outperformed that year. They scraped yeah. into the finals yep. and made the grand final yep. somehow. Yep. Um, what do you think about it? Like, yeah, you're, you're Bellamy, Sticky, Wayne Bennett. He's 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 fine. Yeah. Mary we've mentioned. It's only like three. Like it's not. It's not half. No, it's barely a quarter. No. So you're. Mary's you're sure Mary's you're, not even under pressure. He's been told he's got the full support of the board. Yeah, but you know what that means. He's no, fucking, yeah, no. He's definitely sacked. Pay's not. Yeah. That'll be it. Yep. All right. Ryan, uh, after the Seagulls versus Faders game on the weekend, how much do you think Manly should sell the movie rights for to Hollywood for this epic tale and bravery and sacrifice in these unprecedented times? Clearly, this is more of a winner than something like The Longest Yard. Also, do you think Ryan Reynolds will do a great job with DC's character? Um, yes, yes, and yes, and... Uh, you know, sell the rights for heaps. I mean, it is an, an epic story and it would certainly, you know, consign things like Friday Night Lights and Remember the Titans and everything like that to, to the dustbins of history as lesser sporting titles. Um, Can I just share a tweet? I've just seen Lottie Takiri tweet. You, lot, you follow Lottie Takiri? No, someone else has retweeted it onto my timeline. Glenn? No. <laughs> what no. What's he said? I know it's a long way away. But David Nofaluma deserves to be in the conversation come state of origin reckoning for New South Wales. Over my fucking dead body. More, 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 more. Now, fucking, I would just like, and I've just, you know, put this out there, but that that is the sort of thing that comes out of the brain that has the sort of DNA that produces children that are scared of elevators. Okay, fuck off, Lottie. At at oh my god, I, I cannot begin to fucking describe to you the level of stupidity that comes up. And maybe this is why so many coaches are under pressure, because this is what ex-players think. Is this the caliber of future coach that we have in the game? I'm scared. Climate change won't get us. Shit, rugby league takes will. I saw Soward saying that like the other day that Chad Townsend and Moylan should be the halves for. Oh the my yeah. Fucking calm down, people. Cooked. Uh, Jordan, with all the talk of coaches being up on the blocks for poor performances, why has Seabold's name not come up more often? The Broncos have looked like they don't want to be there, and with a legitimately good forward pack on their best day, they should absolutely be stomping cunts. Yes. His his name sort of has come up, but it's not real, not realistic. I think because it's just uh. I think he's one of these coaches that's in a position where it's just far too expensive yeah. to uh, get rid of him. Maybe the the current flux of the Isaac Moses situation might make things easier like it did with um, the Warriors. I'm not sure because remember there's like nine Moses clients yeah. In, yeah. in the playing ranks or is it eight and eight and Seabold or something? So oh, I don't know. Um, what else do we have here? Um Sam, Sam says, uh, please say Seabold sucks in as many languages as possible. If you do your research, that could be like a 15-minute segment. <laughs> what the fuck am I getting out of that? I know he sucks and I only know English. We, yeah. Really? Hey, That reeks of fucking Harvard bullshit. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to pull us down to fucking Seabold's level. <laughs> and you know what? Broncos fans of the past 
like teams of the past. Yes. They were annoyingly fucking effective. This is shit country. Maybe next time. Tipping. Six again, yeah, nah. He's in the lead. Tied with... Yes, tied with... Oh, it's, a, it's a, actually a few of them here. Holy fuck, we've got a massive log jam at the top. Okay, so on top, we have tied. Six again, yeah, nah. One-eyed tiger. Nova Clark Strand. Tips out for the boys. Christian Lind, Cowboy, Goodnight CJ. One point, that's one through seven. And uh, then we've got Suleyasi, Booney Gugu, JBB and Sneaky Kiwi. One point back, rounding out the top ten. Mm. Um, that's it for episode 356. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. Facebook community lives at hashtag Twill Nation. Well, no, it's just jump then. Uh, everyone get in there. Uh, it's a great community full of great people. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Twill Nation. Yes. Um, a Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Tons of new people liking that this week. So thank you very much, guys. Make sure you share the stuff we put up there. We'd appreciate it. And if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to go that extra mile, the digital memberships are still available and can be picked up anytime for only $3.99 per month. $1.99 for existing members. Yes. Thank you to those who jumped onto the reissue of the Trust Us shirt. They are now gone into production, and uh, I'll let you know more when I hear back about completion times and things like that. Um, exciting meetup. With things starting to open up a touch more following the Rona, I am very happy to let you know that Stepdad and I have the flights booked, and we are coming down to Sydney on the afternoon of uh, Saturday, October the 24th. We'll be taking suggestions for the members' meetup version venue on the Saturday night. We always favour, you know, barbecue and burgers. Something simple. Yep, and uh, we're working on our our grand final day venue as well at the moment, as uh, and so that's looking pretty good. This year, though, pending any regression on the COVID front, if there's like a second or third wave or something, it could shut everything down. But at this stage, we can only really go on what sort of the the rulings at the moment. But we may have to implement a cap on numbers to both functions, the members one on the Saturday night and the one we do on Sunday through the day. Yep. Um, given the members are spread across the globe and interstate, the members one on Saturday night probably won't be you know too much of a problem. But uh, I think that the grand final day one will definitely be affected in some way just because with the comings and goings over like what's usually like a 10 plus hour day, yeah, um, we get far more than the current 50 that, that are allowed yeah. you know, at the moment. Um, so he, here's what's going to happen at this stage, right? Now, this, like the fucking Rona shit, is subject to change. We have the capacity to put in wild card entries. Now, hypothetically, let's say we're working with the current um, rules and they don't change and they allow us 50 for, for the venue. And we're allowed to have one party of 50. Of 50. Because that's something else that we're dealing with at the moment is... How many parties? You can only there? have a part, maximum party size of 10. Yes. In venues. So, hypothetically, let's say somebody like uh, Swiss Cowboy Carsten... Yes. ...says to us, I fucking book flights from... From Switzerland. I don't know where he lives. Fucking Poland or somewhere. It's all the same place. I've, I have flights from there and I'm coming and I want to come to your meetup. That that's a start. He he gets a ticket. In in any in any other year he'd just be able to come along, but that sort of effort, we've got some wild card entries that we're gonna give starts to. So if that's you, hit us up privately. Yep. You know, if you're making a big effort and you want to be there. For everybody else, we want to make sure because we're gonna to have to take RSVPs and we're gonna to have to limit numbers. 
and the easiest way to make sure that cunts turn up if they're going to turn up is for them to have some fucking skin in the game. So we're going to ask you for some cash. This is not for us to make cash. This is just so you've got an investment in there, which means you're more likely to turn up and take advantage of your spot. What we will do is we'll get that cash and everyone will get that equivalent. Whatever you've paid us, you will get that equivalent in drinks at the bar. Yeah. So it bypasses us, goes to your drinks. Um, we will also look at the possibility of having seatings in that we'll have a session in the morning that runs for you know, a couple of hours. So the people that want to come in the morning and have some brekkie beers with us can do that. Because we do have the coming because there, there has been historically an element that sort of come yep. and do our thing until, you know, sort of like four or five or whatever. And then because they're going to have their own grand final barbecue at their house or something. So then they piss off and yeah, do that. So that's yeah, so, it. So for those people, you know, that may be something we can make work as well. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get it fucking done. But at this stage, Sydney, we will be inside you on grand final day. And we will love to fucking socially distanced Ching beers with as many of you as we can. So Sydney, get your shit together, flatten that fucking curve. Yeah. So we can get some more numbers in there. Yes. That's it. And so after all of that, that's all. That's uh. That's all I've got. You got anything else you want to finish on? Nope. All right. Fuck you, Lottie Takiri. <laughs> on that note, see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.